Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 173. I am Peter and joining me as always on this journey, he has LV on his hat, which stands for Love Vector. Matt's here. <laughs> Boom. I was like, Pete, don't go the other direction. <laughs> it's not true, but don't go the other one. Uh, Actually, I, I take it back. Love Velociraptor. That's what you. That's what I'm going with. Again, not false. <laughs> that said, not my favorite dinosaur. Uh, definitely Triceratops, but still, that was really cool. Triceratops. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I love well, if they said LT, I mean, I went with Triceratops, but the one dinosaur or, I could think of with a V yeah. was That's the Velociraptor. Uh, Connor's here too. Yeah, I do not appreciate the level of enthusiasm that Peter started this off with, because we can only go downhill from here. So wait, real quick, what, what, Pete, what's your favorite dinosaur? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I was at the dinosaurs a lot as a kid. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Your... That, I was going to say I'm not six, so oh. I don't have a favorite dinosaur. Around, anymore. around. Not six. Uh, around the Jurassic Park days, you know, which is the first movie I saw in the theater, I was really into dinosaurs. Uh, it's hard not to love the T Rex, but I was always quite fond of uh, the old uh, Stegosaurus. I thought that had to cool back. Yeah, yeah. Got the spikes. You know, double mohawk down the back, spikes on the tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Connor? I like the one that was like the Stegosaurus, but uh-huh. it was um, smaller spikes. Uh huh. And uh, it had almost like a club on the tail. Yeah, that's an Ankylosaurus. Yeah, that one. Yeah, also looks like Angerus from from Godzilla. That's the one. Yep, yep. <laughs> I could have told yeah. you that when I was six. Yeah. So when uh, well, see, I wanted to be a paleontologist, and that was my set from like fourth grade to to seventh grade. And then my dad's like, "Cut that out! You're gonna be a lawyer or a doctor." Uh, because they're going to find all of the dinosaur bones by the time. How disappointed old. your father must be. He's praying for paleontologists oh, yeah. at this point. In fact, in fact, <laughs> the reason I went to study film instead was a kind of a nephew to dear old dad <laughs> because he, he was going to meddle anyways. And I thought, Teenage well, what... rebellion at its finest. Yeah, right. I was like, uh, no, I, I like movies. You take me to the movies every weekend, dad. That's what I'm gonna do. Joe, I love that we got a tweet today complaining about all the tangent from a new listener who wasn't really fond of it, and we literally didn't even get to this is a DC Comics podcast before <laughs> Matt went deep into dinosaur talk. So yes, we are a DC Comics podcast. We talk about comic books on this show, and coming up on this week's show: Batman seventy nine, Superman fifteen, Justice League thirty two, Aquaman fifty two, Supergirl thirty four, Jimmy Olsen number three, Lex Luthor, you're the villain. Uh, number one. Plus, me and Connor have Patreon picks to uh, take care of, so Connor's going to be talking about Red Hood Outlaw 36, and I'll be talking about X-Men number six. So, you'll notice there, I've just tried uh, Inferior 5. I actually did uh, read the first little chunk of it, uh, and made a call. I made a call. It wasn't bad. Jeff, you know, Jeff Lemire, uh, you know, was a good writer, but... Pretty sure Lemire only did the backup. She was tweeting about it this week. Well, it wasn't credited that I... way. Uh, it definitely wasn't yeah. credited that way because it was. I'm sure he tweeted. That. It was credited as yeah. Giffen and uh, and Lemire did Giffen the story, but he did. But Lemire did the script. That's what it says in the credits yeah. for the main story. Yeah. Oh, that's check. what I'm saying. That's what I had heard that it was a it was a a group effort out of him and mm. him and Giffen. Uh, so. But it's a very standalone, separate little thing, um, yeah. which I don't think is in continuity with current continuity or anything like that. Um, which is not to say is is bad, but no, uh, that's, that's kind of Lemire's jam, right? Like on... out of continuity. Yeah. Um, did you guys get through Invasion? 
I haven't read Invasion. No. Okay. Uh, I read Invasion but... a while back. Yeah, I knew you guys were planning. You wanted to kind of read that before, just to be fresh. But I never had time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd, kinda... I'd, I'd read it before this book was announced. Gotcha. Um, um, so I did try that, and then despite the fact that I really wanted to make a point of reading Flash Forward issue one, when push came to shove, when when, when time was getting tight, it was one of the first things to go off the list. It's... Let's be honest, because it was a Lobdell book with uh, you know Booth Art. <laughs> I, I work around, you know, uh, young teens, and I always try to tell them, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. So, for Flash Forward, something that I haven't read, but a, a creative team I do not want to read or check out, I will say it has a wonderful cover. Yeah, I was going to say, there is objectively that. the only downside to Pete not reading it for the show. Yep. Is, isn't that, okay, there's no coverage of it, because we all know what we're going to think about it anyway. It's the fact that it's no longer part of the show, so it's ineligible for cover of the week. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and Doc Shane is getting robbed. I'm so sorry, so, but uh, Shaner's Shaner's uh, Shaner's art is fantastic. I have to make a stand. I have to make a stand somewhere. And a Lobdell Brett Booth book is where I make my goddamn stand. <laughs> That's the line. That's the line. So yes, but hey, uh, so we actually have quite a healthy week three for a change, mainly because Superman and Supergirl are both this week for some reason but because of that, um, we didn't ask for questions this week, but by all means still send your questions to mftvquestions at gmail.com, uh, we'll let them pale up, we'll ask for them again on Twitter when we, we have an episode we know needs questions, but uh, we will have uh, some questions at some point, uh, just not this 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 month, because uh, week three is actually quite busy uh, So, and, but even more important than, than any of the comics Today is Batman Day. That's right. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. Isn't that right, Matt? No. <laughs> False. Before we started, we all got a glimpse. Uh, Matt's wife is sporting a Batman shirt for today because uh, she's celebrating. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, she's volunteering at the shelter. That's a shirt she doesn't care. It gets all... Dirty from no, no, the shelter. No, all so. I'm all I'm hearing from this is that she is doing heroic volunteer work <laughs> as Batman. That's all I'm hearing from this. She's been Batman for uh, Batman Day. She probably could have left the mask at home, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that said, one of the things that we did hit it off with uh Batman first got together with Batman the animated series, which is something of Batman I will be positive about. Because I'm you know, I'm into this character now. It's like Hulk Hogan. You just—I have to hate Batman. It's just part of it, brother. Yeah. So. Yeah. Although, know. did you see that uh, AEW put out a Batman is all elite image on Twitter for Batman oh. Day? <laughs> looks like looks like I'm all NXT from here on out. <laughs> How dare you, AEW? He'll move, indeed. Uh, yes, I I know what this means. Yes. <laughs> Pretty soon, oh, we're going to have Connor talking in those terms just because it makes sense story-wise. Mm-hmm. And so then, then it'll like, be a victory. They're not even registering in my brain as words. Mm-hmm. They're just things you say that are unintelligent. It is basically a foreign language. I feel like, Connor, you've heard that enough at this point that you're almost yeah. willfully trying to remain yeah. ignorant just, just for the sake of See, no, that's staying in character. I'm, not. I'm just not paying Can any I... attention. It's like... Do you, do you and you watch a foreign film and there's subtitles? No. On? <laughs> like, nah, you when you watch a foreign film and there's subtitles on, 
if you don't speak the language already or you're not actively trying to learn the language, you're not even listening to the words they're saying. You're just reading it and hearing the inflections. You're not you're not actually hearing the words. Come that's on, what it's like Carter, when you Carter, that is an entire language, right? Wrestling terminology is still mostly the same language, just with the odd phrase here or there. It, <laughs> it is, it is, and my mind just goes blank whenever you but start see, I talking. Was that, what was that movie you had me watch, Pete, when we did the other show? Um, it was the the Korean film. I think it was Korean, with with the brother sister, um, sister sick. Brother, you know, tries to, you know, is this a Mickey film? Maybe you have to remember. It was like one of the only, you know, foreign language movies we did there. Well, that's not true because we also did Diabolique. Yeah, you have to be more than this. I'm like, I'm sure I'll know the movie, but like, <laughs> oh, I know the one he's on about. It's the it's the two it, people it's in Mr. the house. Vengeance? Yeah, yeah. sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. No. Oh yeah, yeah, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Yeah. Okay, yes. There we go. They're, the titles get jumbled in my head. There was that definitely one, another one that you made Matt watch. Uh, Korean? Maybe. I don't know. I wrong. You, I've, I've only seen a couple of Korean films. That, that yeah. said, oh, my point to that one was the director is, uh, that handles that so well that I don't know Korean. Like, I don't. It's, you know, not that. even close. He does yeah. say. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not like with Japan where I'm picking up, you know, terms and and cadence from from new japan pro wrestling right <laughs> but the director handles it so well that through the actors of you know facial expressions and not i can still get the gist so but you had uh, subtitles turned on though right you were still remember i couldn't find it and so the one version i did find was subtitle free and i watched half of it <laughs> not half maybe about a quarter of it Without subtitles, and I had to go back and restart it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, or or somehow the subtitles got shut off, and you're like, no, you have to turn them on this way, because uh, it was on some app that I wasn't familiar with uh, that I downloaded just to watch it. This is this is yeah, this is also I just I, I, I don't want to gloss over the fact that Matt just said that he kind of gets some Japanese because he watches Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a phrase in there along those lines. At the start yeah. of that story. I'm, I'm willing to bet he doesn't. <sighs> I know what Ichiban means. Thank you. Kanichuma. Uh, arigato mas. Can you actually yeah. translate this or are they just words that you've, you've phonetically... Well, Ichiban learned? is number one. Arigato mas, I think, is thank you. Yeah, Kanichuwa is basically just hello, good day. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, ha. Dota's a mustache is a... Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, my uh, stepdad. Is... I, I swear, it sounded like Pete said, "Look into my stash." No, no. <laughs> the reason why I remember that is because it sounds like "Don't touch the mustache." Yeah. Um, the only reason I know also my my stepdad was teaching me some conversational stuff because he's fluent. He was a, a linguist for the government at one point, so he's yeah. he's. Man, fluent that really was a disappointment, languages. wasn't he? <laughs> I said stepdad, not actual dad, so it's different. You know, oh, I'm sure dear. he was disappointed in you too. No, he's fine with it. <laughs> so I think. Oh dear, <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, so yeah, comic books, uh, news, DC comics is oh, a thing. What's in the news? They happened this week. Uh, yeah, what is in the news? Well, 
in the news, uh, the big thing, uh, Connor's got a couple of delays to talk about, but I, I will hit you with the big stories <laughs> first, is that you remember there was some weird thing, Birds of Prey issue 3 wasn't solicited? Yeah. Azarella, Lupacino, yep. doing Birds and of Azarella Prey. was being a bit weird about it on Twitter, and we were a little yeah. concerned. Yeah, well, it turns out the entire book has been delayed now till 2020, and the reason for this is that they're actually rebranding it as a black label book, and it is going to be uh, in the adult line. So... Azrael <laughs> just wanted to add cuss words and excessive violence. I bet right? the first like issue, basically nothing is different. It's just that they went, yeah. well, we, we can delay it, because, I mean, the, the, <coughs> the movie. movie's out in <coughs> February, I want to say. Yeah. So they want to just launch around that, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Uh, they are replacing the cover for issue one. Okay. I mean, this doesn't change anything. I'm still going to get still it. It's still Azarello and, and Lupacino. I'm, I'm going right. to read it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, and, and he, I was going to say, uh, interestingly, they, they phrase it as upscaling it to Black Label. and. Yeah. Well, that may not mean anything. Uh, there is a bit of speculation that upscaling may also mean an increase in price, <laughs> like because it's more of a prestige yeah, thing. It could. It could also mean an upscale in the the physical size because we've seen yeah. some black label books be mm-hmm. you know different sizes. Up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could well, be. that would that would mean changing the art look if it's, if it's a different format. I just. Uh, yeah, and I, I've read enough uh, Azarello that it's usually not. His adult content tends to be more like you know eighties action. Adult yeah, it's not super not edgy for the sake of edgy. You know? Yeah, so and that's fine. I mean, if you have Huntress telling people to f off, you know, because she's angry, that's fine. I, I will know? say I don't. Um, I don't think this is the right book for this, but I mean, I, I've made my grievances about the direction of Birds of Prey when this book yeah, got announced. I've, I've seen people say, "Oh, Birds of Prey should never be like this." I'm like, "Well, why not?" Um, I mind well, it, especially in a black label setting. Why not? That, yeah, no, people are saying ultimate. birds. Are, I, I saw a thread on Twitter where people saying birds of prey should only ever be family friendly because it's birds of prey, and I just fundamentally disagree with that. I I don't know if I do disagree with that. I actually think I'm fine with that that notion because birds of prey has always been about uh, this sort of friendly, like you know, this this no, no. family between the characters, and a lot of it is is about giving younger girls like a team to look up to and putting it in a black label setting turns it into something for you know adults right it turns it into something for your edgier fans i'm not i'm not worried about this because dc are doing so well with like um dc superhero girls you know that is doing so well at the younger younger well no it's not about having enough content that appeals to a kid-friendly audience it's about taking one property that's Right. Maybe not so right for that. Permanently, is it? It's it's, it's not. This is right. always going to be an adult thing. It's this. I'm not. One I'm not pissed instance. about it. I'm just saying. I get the logic behind just... it. Because I don't think this. I I don't like the tone of this movie. I don't like what the movie's going. Which, by the way, I hate the poster. The poster that came out this week. I think it looks like garbage. I'll say it right now. I didn't, I didn't see it. No, I didn't either. see the Suicide Squad. It's a giant one. Harley Quinn face, uh, uh, and all the other characters are like floating around her with wings, as if they're like birds hey, floating around her head. Hey, it's not it's not fun when they wedge someone into somewhere that kind of doesn't belong there, is it? I agree. Yeah. What are you referring to? They do the shit with Batman all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Har- Harley Quinn in a lot of ways has become the female Batman for DC in a weird way. No, she. It's, I was talking to two of my friends at the shop this week and talking about how a lot of them are echoing Pete in that they're kind of tired of Harley being, you know. Like Birds of Prey, my friend Phil was like, he's been reading 
Birds of Prey since the beginning. I think he has the entire since been the basically 90s. Birds of Prey's ever been. Yeah, he has it. And that was his thing. And Harley Quinn was never a factor. And that he rather just see her pop up in Suicide Squad, where that's a less I don't want to say less meaningful, but you know, it's more suicide. She, she wasn't even a yeah. part of Suicide Squad till the new until 52. New 52. She fits there was, better though. Point. She just does. She know? fits in Suicide Squad. Or squad much yeah, we better haven't than seen her in Birds of Prey yet, so we right. don't know that. So. You know, so he's very much. And well, I was no, you're, like, you're well, saying that based on just the movie, though. I don't think she belongs in Birds of Prey blanket. Well, we haven't. But listen, I'm saying we haven't seen the movie. We haven't seen any of the comics with her in Birds of Prey. We have not seen any. That doesn't change the fact the that she's been shoved in there, though. She has been shoved in there across yeah. the board. Because let's be honest, the only reason why she's shoved out of the comic is because of it in the movie, and they want it to kind of I line mean, up. Probably, but if Azarello writes it and it's good, I'm quite happy with that. That doesn't yeah. concern me. Well, no, I, I'm not happy with it because Barbara Gordon is supposed to be a big part of Birds of Prey, and she's been shoved out because now it's Harley Quinn's story. And that's the thing, that's part of why I hate that poster, is because it's making it even more clear this is a Harley Quinn movie with some characters from Birds of Prey guest starring, none of whom it's, look like their characters. I mean, I don't even know for sure if it will be a Harley Quinn movie. They're marketing it as Harley Quinn because it's the thing that people know and, and it will sell. I don't know if that's actually how it will be in the movie as a whole. Uh, maybe it won't be. Maybe it won't be. I still I hate just, everyone's dress, though, for the record. I, I, I just... Uh, my whole point in my story I was getting to before you guys, you know, feud it off there. Yeah, sorry, Matt. <laughs> was uh, was that when when they relaunched with New Fifty Two, Jim Lee, had, as co-publisher, had said they wanted Harley to be this fourth pillar, and I feel like they kind of got away from that. Like, yeah, she was in Suicide Squad early on, and she had her own book and whatnot, but she really hasn't had much of an impact in the DCU as a whole. And and now you know they're they're putting her in with the movie, and it's kind of like a spinoff featuring the Birds of Prey. From, so, from a finance standpoint, I get what you're saying, but I think she can never mm-hmm. really truly be the fourth pillar in universe because I, she's no. too much like their Deadpool. She's she's too meta. Her her characterization yep. changes in every book she's in. Like, you know, you read Harley Quinn, the solo ongoing versus one of the minis yep. versus Suicide which, Squad at any given time, and they all they're all different. Which, which I, I, would I, will, say that... I will defend that the, the latest mini that Harley and Ivy felt yeah. like the same Harley as in the solo book. Okay, so too much, but it doesn't change the fact that typically well, any yeah, given so time, two or three of them don't. Our, our friend James was talking about this in the group this week. Maybe it was last week, but about Harley not being consistent. Like, he feels there's six different Harleys running around the DCU. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to have three Jokers, but we have also six Harleys. So Two for each Joker, just like White Knight. Yeah, yeah. So, which is still one of my favorite story things from that. That yeah. there was two Harleys mm-hmm. and Joker never noticed, and we have our Paul Dini Harley, the one that I'm more, you know, fond of. And then it's you've got New Harley. 52 onwards, Harley. Yep. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy with Harley being around at all times. I just, I don't want her shoved in and yeah. taking away from other characters where it should be their their story to shine. And I realise that, yeah, we're getting a Batgirl movie, apparently, if that ever happens, because, you know, the, all these movies seem to, like, just never happen. Fizzle out, yeah. where, Where's that Flash movie? You know, are we on our sixth director yet, I think? <laughs> Like, yeah, what's going on? Similar. Uh, so that, it, it sucks in that level. Like, I'm I'm always going to be a little bit miffed at this Birds of Prey movie just because it should be Barbara Gordon putting this together and leading the team. It just should be, and it not being that is infuriating. So I'm just happy to see you and McGregor in a comic book movie. I like that guy a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I mean, it it might come to February. I might watch this again. Do you know what? That was shit. Uh, and and they'll take all this back. But until then, yeah. But you're 
You're excited for Shazam. You still haven't seen that, so I don't trust your word on going to movies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, February is usually a bit of a quieter time at work for me, though. It so is. I might, I it might is. get it. That's just it. That this week, two movies came out. Ramble Last Blood came out, and Ad Astra came out. And I kind of had to see Ad Astra for for the sci-fi movie podcast that we do, uh, the Ace. Um, and I'm glad that choice was made for me because everything I've heard about Ramble Last Blood has been yeah. exceedingly it's, negative. <laughs> side tangent, real quick: Was Ad Astra worth it? I would recommend going to see it in the theater. The visuals. Okay. So my like my, my cinema is showing it on the IMAX. Would it be worth yes. the IMAX? Yes, okay. do, do it in IMAX. Because okay. uh, I just know my favorite thing to come out of this is someone goes, if you anagram at Astra, you get Space Dad. And that's basically the movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I you know what's bad? I've not even yeah. seen the trailer for Ad Astra. I just thought, oh, yeah. so, I mean, that looks kind of interesting, uh, you know, on premise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, well, to me, it looked like First Man meets Interstellar. That's what the tone of the movie looked like. Um, and I don't know. I just heard about Rambo, someone that I really trust when it comes to 80 style action movies, went mm. and saw it, and his, his silver lining was, yeah, at least it wasn't that long. <laughs> so, that's always <laughs> so, a good, good bit. I didn't go, okay. hey, bud, thanks for saving me $8. In that case, I will probably go see Ad Astra on Wednesday, and Paige can go and watch her stupid Downton Abbey movie. <laughs> Excuse me, it's downtown Abbey. I know how to read. Hey, Max cracking a joke here, but for the longest time I thought it was downtown Abbey until uh-huh. I just one day noticed that it was well, spelled slightly differently. Well, I got into an argument with someone over that, and then they pulled up the font, and I was like, oh shit, it does say downtown. But those are my exact words. It's downtown. I know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look like a dick. Which. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's the title of my autobiography. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, Carl, there was some delays you were going to tell us about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Tell us about how Shazam's delayed. No, oh, no, not Shazam. Uh, no, oh. No, uh, allegedly, that's actually still coming out next week. I'm not sure I believe it, but, I mean, apparently. Uh, yeah, no, it's just um, Batman versus Rachel Ghoul issues two and three. This is the Neil Adams book that None of us tried because it's a modern Neil Adams book. Uh, issue two has been pushed back three weeks to October 9th, and then issue three pushed back another two weeks to October 30th. So we'll probably get a further delay on issue three at some point. Um, and then it says four remains set for a November 20th date, but they actually didn't solicit uh, an issue for December. So I can just yeah. see them all kind of slotting back a little bit. Um, the one that uh, I think we'd be more interested in is uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity issue 2 has been pushed back by a month Okay. because uh, it was supposed to come out November 6th it's now coming out December 4th the reason okay. that's a little concerning this is one of those prestige ones this was a uh, 40 pages this is the one that was 9 issues that was allegedly monthly <laughs> and we were all like eh, okay that seems ambitious well maybe it'll switch to every other month now and that just makes more sense yeah, yeah. Which one was that? Uh, Cami Garcia's one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was like oversized, but supposedly monthly. So at least, I mean, honestly, I'm okay with one of these these black label books when every other month for the bigger issues. Sure, go for it. Yeah. Sure, just solicited that way in the first place. So, so Connor, not to stop <sighs> on later, but yeah, Shazam is still solicited for next week. So. 
Hey. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I I'm gonna have to. It. I'm gonna have to dig number six out of storage so <laughs> I can refresh myself. Are you actually bothering? Uh, oh yeah. He's going to read that, bro. He's going to read John. that. John, Jeff Johns. My patron saint in comic books. Despite the fact that like two weeks ago there was like a weird announcement where we're not going to read Shazam when it comes back because blah 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 blah. It's been yeah, but I, uh, foresight, you know, I didn't realize it would be two weeks. So, <laughs> ah, I did, and then I looked like a dick. <laughs> and then I looked like a dick. The newest T-shirt coming from <laughs> Mailfist TV. Uh, Max signature shirt, and then I looked like a dick. Uh, although. <laughs> Admittedly, though, I kind of want Matt's first shirt to be as we learned in Interstellar. I kind of I, I like that yeah. as his catchphrase. But hey, yeah. uh, so Joe, what we're going to do now, guys, and this is your favorite segment every month. This is sales figures for the Not previous month. Of, is it that time of month already? Uh, it is. We're going it's, to look. It's House of X. It's Powers of X. <clears throat> we're going to look at absolute the carnage sales figures for August twenty nineteen. I don't know. So, what's your guess? Is for number one. House and or powers of X. Powers of X. What? <laughs> um, I know what it's not. I, I can tell you with certainty what it's not. And and it's, it's not Marvel 1000. Oh, sure, yes. Um, but I mean, is it, you, is it you, you, one I of mean, the things that we said? It actually is one of the things you've already said. It's the absolute carnage. Absolute carnage is number one. Yeah, uh, all those damn variants. $8. Anytime there's a ton of variants, you know it's going to sell a lot. Eight dollar book, two hundred thirty three thousand copies. So that is absolutely. I can say two hundred thirty three thousand variants. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, actually a very good issue. So I'm not too angry at that. What, what one one idiot bought all two hundred thirty thousand variants, mm. and that's why it sold them. <laughs> and that idiot wasn't Matt. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I don't think it was. Uh, what your number two is? House of X. Eh. House of X. House of X. Eh. <laughs> Spider-Man. Is this Marvel 1000? This is Marvel 1000, uh, which is a $10 book with 206,000 copies. Which, by the way, didn't, didn't uh, uh, Akira-san yes. Akira -san said that he wanted to break the million barrier again with this? Yes. So, well, well 206,000 is yeah. pretty impressive. I mean, you know, by today's standards, that's a very successful book. Although that said, though, how many variants did they have to up this number? You know, Ooh, Oh, so many. Yeah, they they were they were cooking the books on this, and they only got to two hundred and six. So I'm I'm kind of intrigued as to if there's a hard number on how many variants, because I'm concerned that, that it sure. it might be into the triple figures. Hmm. Shouldn't but, we call him Yoshida-san, Pete? Why? Shouldn't the honorific be on the last name, not the first name? Yeah, but I could never remember his last name. He's fake. It, it, I just looked it up. <laughs> it's Akira Yoshida. Okay. So henceforth, he should be Yoshida-san. Yoshida-san. Okay. Uh, this is a CB Sabluski. Sabluski. Yeah, Marvel's editor in chief. If yeah. is... last count that I uh, on a Google from an article from <laughs> mid-August was said there was thirty-three covers and counting. Woo. So um, yeah. Uh, number three, I'll tell you, it's a DC book. Doomsday Clock. Was it a Doomsday Clock in August? <laughs> was that September? No. Oh Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, last week. Batman 75. No, it was a number one. This, oh. oh, okay. I'm just impressed with my math going back. Let's see if what that was in August. We have. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible at this. White Knight. No. That was issue Damn. two. Issue two, that was it. Damn it. 
My man can hope. We had like one big number one last month. Yeah, I don't pay attention. Okay, I'll tell you. It was Batman Superman. Number one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like that exists. Yes, one hundred and fifty-six thousand copies. I ain't too bad actually uh, for that. I mean, I'm sure there was some variance, of course, but DC don't tend to play that game as much as Marvel. Not do. nowhere near as extreme. They'll have two or three um, usually. This is a regular place comic as well, by the way, because no, the first two were eight and ten dollars each. So this was a normal three ninety nine comic. Uh, number four. What are you guessing? House of yeah, X. <laughs> it is House of X, number three. Yeah. 499 book, 109,000 copies. Number five is Powers of X, number two, 107,000 copies. Number six is House of oh, X, number two, 101,000 copies. Number seven is Powers of X, issue three, 100,000 copies. I so, forgot wait. they were double shipping. Yeah. Uh, They're every yeah. week. Yeah. Powers, wait, Powers of X 2 was next? Or House of X 2? Uh, so the order went this, it was House of X 3, okay. and then Powers of X 2, and then House of X 2, and then Powers of X 3. So, huh. so they kind of switched around their order, if that makes sense. I'm trying to think, because I know House of X 2 was the big reveal about a certain character, and I know people were going back and getting that. I don't know if that impacts the sales for years at oh, all. Well, it's not that much of a difference, so I wonder if House of X 3 just had yeah. a few more variants that were popular, maybe. Yeah, well, no, because I was trying to see about the placement, but you said yeah. Powers of X first, not House, so... Um, hmm. So yeah, so all the twos and threes of House and Powers of X all broke a hundred thousand. Although Power Power of X issue three is just a hundred. It's a hundred thousand two hundred sixty-seven copies. So probably not next month. So probably next month it'll probably dip below a hundred thousand. But I mean, hey, the, yeah. the, the, the big start for the Hickman X Men books. I I can't stand it's... Hickman, so I'm touching it. But yeah, I'm I'm still stuck on on Powers of X two just because it's dense. Like it's, yeah, it's, I, not I that have it's, no interest in ever touching Not it. that it's hard to get to, but also I can only read my Marvel <laughs> stuff when I'm not, you know, doing stuff for the show. Yeah. So, you know, it, it gets put on back order. Plus, I wanted to catch up on Cap, Immortal Hulk, and yeah, those, the actual so those, good books. Yeah. So <laughs> the ones that, that said, I'm enjoying this take on X-Men. I don't know what exactly is going on, um, but, you know, I think that's the point. I'm enjoying it. makes no sense, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, number eight is uh, issue two of Absolute Carnage, uh, which is okay. a 4 99 book. So, again, we're looking at this thing where most of Marvel's books are at 4 99 now. Even issue two of this is 4 99 uh, And that sold 94000 down from 233000 I will say, in its defense of being 4 99 is I think it's still kind of classed as an event book so mm. DC are probably going to be at the same point as that with our next event so yeah probably uh, and then number 9 is finally another DC book uh, Batman 77 with 81,000 copies and then number 10 is Batman Curse of the White Knight issue 2 with 78. I love yes. Matt was so proud about Batman 75 being yeah it wasn't right yeah. And he just, it wasn't yeah it wasn't uh, so that's 74,000 copies for Curse of the White Knight 2 um, and I think there's only one Batman because that was the month where the second one got pushed yeah. uh, out of the month. So it's just one Batman. Uh, yeah, and then from there, yeah. Yeah, some of these absolute carnage tie-ins are in the, the teens doing 60 plus thousand copies. So Marvel are fairly raking in those. Um, yes, it is worth mentioning. I think the cardstock covers of, of the DC books are counting separately again. Well, that's good. Uh, is there anything that adds up? For example, 
Oh no, so no, there is two Batman issues, but that's why 76 is nowhere near number 77, because the cardstock variant is 26,000 copies, and presumably the regular ones... Somewhere around 70,000. So, yeah, somewhere above that, uh, that adds up to a whatever number. Uh, so we actually have this weird month where a lot of DC's books are lower than they should be because they're split into two categories as opposed to just being counted as one book. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, th- mm-hmm. I still think Marvel would have dominated the top 10 because they've got all those number ones and their Hickman X-Men. Yeah. But... Yeah. So, it's worth pointing that out. Hey. As long as DC stays consistent, that's all I care about. Don't don't chase. Just keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah. And... Batman 232 uh, facsimile edition uh, cracked the top 100 at number 99 <laughs> with 21,000 copies, which outsold. Uh, was the next DC book just to give it some perspective? Red Hood Outlaw outsold Red, <laughs> Red Hood oh, Outlaw. Oh, that makes me feel so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Oh. Here's an issue of Batman from 50 years ago. <laughs> Guess that's what happens when when it's only a dollar shops like yeah, screw that's it. true. That's true. It's much cheaper. That is true. It's a quarter of the price. So I suppose you can't really. Now Abdel's gotta go ruin another red uh, themed character. So this one I love. Mm-hmm. What? <sighs> what? Huh? I thought you were gonna so make a point a there at the end. Character. He did yeah, make a, a character that I love. So I can't and I can't read it. Oh, this, okay. There okay. we go. This is red hair. It's uh... Uh, no. I thought you said red themed, and I was, so I was like, oh. "Who are you talking about? <laughs> Tell me who you're talking about." Red topped. Red top. I think you did say red themed, but I mean, well, that still so made dirty. sense. Yeah. All right. All right. Um. All right. There you go. Those are sales figures uh, for the month. Marvel fairly dominating the high spots with its big books. Uh, but again, a lot of DC's books are actually split in two as opposed to... Because regular variants count in the same amount, but these cardstock ones, for some reason, are being counted as separate items because they're different Can you price. imagine if, like, Marvel 1000 separated all its variants out? Oh, yeah, I'd love to see where the top one would rank. Because it'd be the regular cover, probably. And where, yeah, would it, it would, yeah. where would it land? Yeah. Terribly. Um, yeah. Well, it's just funny that the cardstock uh, goes differently because... The weird thing about regular variants is that if you have those ones that are like 1 in 25, 1 in 50, 1 in 100, is those end up being sold for much higher, but they don't get counted that way in Diamond's system. It's because officially cover price is still yeah. 399 499 etc. It's still the same price as the regular issue officially. It's just that the shops then choose to sell it at you know, 25 times the cover Well, they have to to justify ordering it, it, all the copies. No, exactly. So no, no, no one really complains that the shops do that because we all understand the, the basic business model of, well, this is how they acquired it. They have to cover that. I mean, theoretically, if it's, a, if it's a book that sells well enough and they were going to order that many anyway, you could argue they shouldn't overcharge for it. But because they usually have to do it, they get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> and make some yeah. extra money out of it. But yeah, sometimes they'll order the 100 copies, even though they'll only sell 15 of them, but they'll charge enough on the variant cover to recoup the cost of all the other copies that they've just now got in the bargain bin. Exactly. And uh, uh, I, I don't blame them for that. If people are willing to pay it and cover that cost. Sure, no. I mean, obviously it's pre-order only. They don't just do that in a whim. They, they make sure someone wants to buy it first. But Yeah. Um, but that, of course, can bite them in the back if uh, the person decides not to buy it's, it. It's always sad seeing, not just for various, but, you know, when, when a comic store posts a stack of someone's uncollected books. Oh, yeah. 
and like you realize just how much just one person not picking up the books for a couple of months can can cost here's the thing i'm going to play some devil's advocate for that though because i do actually think the entire system's screwed and it shouldn't be on the end it shouldn't be on the consumer to have to make promises about what they're going to buy it should not work like that no no it shouldn't but also just don't be a dick and tell your shop you're not gonna you, you don't want it yeah. you, that you're not gonna come and pick them up. Oh sure, no, I I get it, but it's one of these weird things where there's literally no other medium of any kind where it's on the consumer in any way to make any type of promise or you know because I'm someone who with video games actively tells people don't pre-order, no, this bullshit. You don't have, no, to, have to. Whereas with <laughs> comics, you you do kind of have to. It's different. Yeah. But here's the thing: if if you've said to the shop, you're going, hey, you know, I'm going to get this, and then you know it comes to the day, and you know, you know, I can't afford it. I changed my mind. I've seen some reviews. I don't want it. That's fair enough. Just tell your shop, and they can put it out on sale with all the rest of them instead of holding it for two months, and then <laughs> by the time that that you you go, well, I guess they're not buying it anymore. It's too late for them. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Um, although, if if it's if, if they've ordered a weird copy of some like indie book that no one's ever heard of, and it's like, well, we'll put this out in the, <laughs> we'll put issue issue seven yeah. of uh, you know Beard Bear Hunter. <laughs> well, Matt will buy that obviously. It's called Shirtless Bear Hunter, and I have all five of them. But but here's the thing: at that point, at that point they usually just put them in their sale bin. Because at least they can get something for it and get rid of the the, the space yeah. that it's taking up. Yeah, that's the, the only time I've ever specially ordered something is there was a a ribbit cover of Thor that had you know uh, Viking Thor with Yarnbjorn that looked super dope. And yeah, I I special ordered that one. I had to pay a little bit extra for the variant, but I picked it right up. Like I would never stick my shop. Yeah, like, like sometimes I, you know, if, you if know. I can't get to the shop on the day, I'll I'll just swing yeah. by the, the following week and pick up two weeks yeah. worth, and they're they're fine with that. My shop is like, hey, as long as you come once a month, we don't care, you know, no yeah. questions asked. And if you're going to be longer than that, we can mail them to you. That's fine as well. But just mm-hmm. you know, don't leave it two or three months with them ordering three months worth of copies for you to just not show up because that's just shitty. Uh, or just go all digital like me and don't worry about it. But tell uh, your shop first. <laughs> what? If you're going to go all digital, tell your shop you're doing that. Oh, so they sure. Don't yeah. In your books. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but this is why I've never had a pull list at a shop because I hate. It, just feels, it feels like pressure. I hate it. I hate being committed to anything. Oh, gee. This explains a lot. <laughs> well, no, I hate being committed He's, to anything. He like says this. 173 episodes into this yeah. show. No, no. I'm right. good at committing to stuff like this. I'm just. I hate committing to things like that where you know sometimes i'm like i don't want to go to the shop on wednesday but also it's like hey i don't mind because it's it's you know different the reason i hate going there is because from my new house to my shop it is a gauntlet of just idiot drivers and bad stoplights so it it sucks it has nothing to do with the shop but yeah, sometimes i don't want to go i get that <clears throat> he doesn't want to be told what to do I just, I like flexibility. I like being able to just get things on a whim, and I like being able to change my mind at the last minute without feeling guilty about it. So, digital is perfect. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. I'll have to subscribe to that thing. I just go on a Wednesday and I just get what I want. Or days later, as I often do. But, <laughs> does it have to be Wednesday? More, I, more often than not, the Saturday morning. I don't, I don't have to worry about it, because it, nothing will be sold out. It's perfect. Um, 
so anyway, uh, that'll wrap up the uh, the news and sales and whatever else we talked about in the last 35 minutes. So that will take us on to our first comic book discussion of the week, which is Batman issue 79, Tom King and Clayman once again. And this is uh, On a Beach Part 2 of the City of Bane yeah. plot. Well, well, kind of part two. That's all kind of a prequel. Yeah. Well, this, like, is, well, what's well, this is the thing. I, I actually, well, no, I, I, I basically, as soon as it specified that this was set before seventy-seven, I think it's clear the last issue was as well. I, yeah. I, I almost feel like they, they, they heard the complaints that it was weird that this, this mm-hmm. took place after the Alfred thing, and we're making it clear. No, no, no. All this stuff with Batman and Catwoman was happening right, which, before which I, that moment. Which I said uh, last week too. Actually, I was not sure. Feel. When, when this showed up, because it made it feel weird, because I'm like, well, I didn't say that on the last issue, so no, was the last like issue Pete just not? Said, no. Like the Pete just said, they, they went through to clarify, and it definitely, the, the final tag on this adds a little bit of tragedy, you know, which I, I see why they did it in this order now. Yeah. and I kind of suspected. It still hurts but, the, it's still a pacing complaint still overall. Hurts the pacing. Exactly. Yeah. It still hurts the pacing. You know? Although, I would actually be a-okay with this. I would be A-okay with this if this issue and the last issue were one issue. Because there's beats in the last issue I enjoy, there's definitely yeah, beats in the yeah. second half of this issue that I enjoy. I think it just takes too much time between the two issues to do everything I'm, it wants to do. Th- yeah, this issue definitely... I, right now I feel the only book that's... Actually, there are none that are immune to this, because I felt like this with Justice League as well. The, the, the double shipping, we definitely feel now that there's just issues that you could cut whole subplots out of. And it's mm. not really going to change anything. And like, this could have been when this started. Been when this started, and we're on the beach again, and he's got his Tom Stellick stash. Uh, yep. I, I went, wait, we're still doing this? What? Why? Why are we still doing? It? And then we have that yeah. ridiculous page where he's doing like one arm push ups, and Catwoman's like doing push ups on his back, and I'm like, okay, this is just a bit silly now. <laughs> so either she's she's really light, or he's like that strong, which doesn't make any sense. Because from what I know from going to the gym, you know, being that size and that strong, like, it just, it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I get he's supposed to be peak human, you know, but yeah. either but, that or Catwoman's core is stronger than, than Batman. Like, the, that's, the first, how that tells me. The first half of this just kind of felt unnecessary. Uh, you know, the, the thing where the guy touches her leg and she punches him and the, the you know, the... I, yeah, I, I like that though. I like the, it's her attitude. I mean, no, I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with it on its, its own. It's just character stuff. I know. Yeah. What I'm saying, it's it's a little breakful. Again, this is something that could have been cut out. Yeah, right? well, in, I think the last issue. issue and this issue could have easily been condensed into one issue because I, I think them kind of admitting like that you know going back to the whole boat in the street thing them admitting that okay yep. one's wrong and he's like no no technically the street was first but They're i just both right yeah i thought it was the boat because that's the first time we were in an outfit and then was like no 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 it was the street because or, or was the boat you're right because i didn't really become batman until that moment and you weren't catwoman until that moment and then at the end right. of course they agree hey how about we say the beach because that's where we were kind of yep. admitting which now i i really like that sentiment yeah you know and this, if, if it's going to be more of this stuff with Batman and Catwoman, I think I'm down to keep reading King. Um, yeah. Con- Connor just had a fit. Yeah. He fixed his microphone. And maybe the, the, <laughs> maybe the 12 issue series will benefit from just being monthly and not being tied like, to like any if it's, schedule like this. Yeah, if, if, if it's Tom King working out marriage stuff in the way that 
Mr. Miracle was working on mental health, then I'm kind of down for that. But it's by itself. Which, you know, by the it's way, it's not impacting anything. That uh, that full page spread of them going towards the boat on the little uh, the, the little speeders. Yeah. Uh, really, I really like that page. It's really beautiful. Really yeah. Pretty. The um, the, you know, they have to go take out Magpie and let Magpie know, and she's. But it looks like they have venom, right? Like yeah, they're importing it to to Hawaii. Or we're gonna assume this is Hawaii based off of the dialect of the locals and whatnot. Um, but it could be some other South Pacific. Yeah, and you know it's got that area. great full page where Magpie is like, "Oh, what sort of message do you want to send, Bane? You're you're yeah. you're full." And she's like, "No, I'm he's Batman, and I'm Catwoman. We are the message." And you got that full full page spread yeah. with the moon behind them. Um, you know, like this actually has some good beats in it in the back half of the issue. I just wish that this issue and the last issue were condensed into one. Um, so yeah, you know, you've got that, and because Bruce even says, "I'm sending in Damien now." We're at that point, so we we kind of like see, okay, in the timeline, this is just before yeah. that issue. Uh, so, so I guess Damien didn't go off script and just go no, in. No, and and so that means Bane played Batman, unless Batman's got a niece up his sleeve, which well, I'm sure he does. Well, yeah, this is what he's things, He actually says that Alfred s- sent the signal; he's safe. So right. that tells me that whatever happened to Alfred before is an intentional decoy uh you know like alfred's put something in place or knows you know it wouldn't surprise me if whoever alfred is like he takes off like a mask and it's actually like superman or someone who can take the the next i I hope it's plastic man oh plastic man would be good like and we see him and then he goes the other way and goes i haven't had a back adjustment like that in 20 years or whatever um yeah, I just I just hope this doesn't mean that um, that Batman got played because I'm getting a little bit tired of that. As much as I hate because Batman, I'm also getting tired of Bane. Bane has this edge because of Catwoman yeah, not being there. I, I think like, I, I think we're at the point now where Batman just as lazy. No, I think we're at the point now where Batman's about to play Bane. Like the idea that there's some plan here that I Bane couldn't so. have predicted, and that's how he's going to win. But, it, but if not, and it's Batman got over he overplayed his hand by sending in damien and then he's responsible for alfred's death that, that's no that's i don't not the extra way tragedy the way this place to me feels like no what happened in that issue was what was meant to happen it's part of the plan uh um i just as i was going through this too not, not to change the subject but while i was thinking about it him there's that page where he's walking with the sun to his back mm-hmm. yeah with the sunset the sun looks like the omega symbol it does yeah right Okay, so I wonder if that's another thing, like where he's, you know, he this is Batman fully formed now. So you're saying his Batman Omega, is not Batman is. I mean Omega in being like this is this is the final form. This is him back to, mm. you yeah. know, where he should have been, you know, uh, versus where he was. But no, I I just I like the sentiment of that last section. There there's a couple things with the art that I just. The scene where they're in the the store, mm-hmm. right? And they're stopping the robbery, and Batman's up on the thing. His fingers look like he has claws. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that's a small thing, but I had to double look and and be like, okay, yeah. that's definitely not Catwoman because there's a cape. And it, yeah, uh, Catwoman's there stealing the champagne. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Anything when it's them looking at a sunset, whether it's in costume or not. Anything where there's a moon behind them, or it like. Most of the art is gorgeous, but yeah, that's a fair, yeah, when fair point. There's this, there's this two-page right after that one where it's them taking care of business, 
in their stuff with silhouettes and you know Catwoman is is uh you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for helping the crying child comforting yeah. that's the word right but then you go up to the next page and the way that man's layouts are I just I love how it's broken down by the different actions and with the pow pow you know and you have the yeah, greens and the grays. Great. Because, like, like I say, this issue started me off on the wrong foot because I'm like, oh, we're still doing this mm-hmm. stuff. And the first, you know, few pages had me feeling kind of yeah. like, oh, whatever. Um, Again, if if these the the last one and this one were one issue, yeah, I definitely say it's been one of the best King issues in quite some time. Um, probably since the, the Mister Freeze. Yeah, but it was arc. spread out over two. But I will say the, yeah. the, the final moment. So after they say we met in a beach, yes, we met in a beach. Uh, the last yep. panel made me give me a little chuckle, where she's like, "We agree, holy shit, Bane's in trouble now." Like, yeah. it gave me a bit of a chuckle. So, yeah, uh, they, so, they have that couple patter, you know, that, yeah. that we we liked in rooftops. So, uh, cars be very quiet, which is now we're going to go to him and find out how much he absolutely hated it and it is going yeah, to cut the shreds. Connor uh, hates comics. Connor hates comics. Hashtag. See, this thing, I don't even hate this. I was just bored, uh, especially coming off the last issue. And then they say, you know, the first half of this issue was just more of that. And I'm like, right, okay. That while I agree there are some objectively nice moments in the back half, I just didn't care anymore. I, I did two, issue, two full issues of this, and I just it wasn't enough to win me back over. Um, That's just how I feel about Lord of the Rings. After the first like hour or the first movie, I just don't care anymore, and the rest of it's just a slog. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> By the time I get to the end of the track, I'm like, oh my god, I've been walking to Mount Doom. This could have been one movie. Not, not taking that bait. Not, not taking it. <laughs> why don't they just use the eagles, Pete? Yeah, why don't they just use the eagles? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare try and make me argue with this one. No. All right, well, anyways. I'm going to swing this back Oof. round to rating uh, the issue of Batman. I will say, though, for anyone listening to the comments podcast, if you want the last 10 minutes of talk about Kevin Smith's films, it'll be on patreon.com slash TV <laughs> as a deleted scene uh, called The Bonus Bit, which is something I started doing recently. <laughs> so, That's smart, Pete. That's very smart. Well, it got to the point where I realized that that had been going for like over six, seven minutes. I'm like, well, this is a, yeah. I'm cutting this bit out. It'll be on Patreon. Uh, the fine. dollar tearing up. But anyway, uh, so... Yeah, it's rating Batman uh, 79 we're on. Uh, what are you giving it, Matt? Uh, it was an 8.5. I did enjoy this. A little, little bit of a filler, but when it hit, it really hit. Yeah, Connor. I'm giving it a 5. <laughs> just, I'm just, just bored. I'm gonna, this is a frustrating one for me. I'm going to give it a 7.5 because I really like all the stuff that it does in the back half. I like the, the beats that it ends on. I just wish this and the last issue were combined into one issue to yeah. make it feel less... That- you know, I I, I dare say that if they were one issue and they cut out the fat, that could have been like a nine yeah. issue. No, I agree. Nine point five even. I mean, Clay Man's back on art. Nothing's too dodgy like <clears> we saw in Heroes in Crisis, where it was a little bit, you know, a little bit on, on yeah on the grimy side. This stuff I felt, even though Catwoman's walking around in a bikini a lot, none of it's like, hey, look at this, because anybody that does that with her kind of gets punished for it. I think so, the, the the only time I could level that complaint and maybe somewhat legitimately is when um when Catwoman's pulling the the necklace off magpie yeah. and it does just stay yeah. on it like an extra panel that that it really doesn't need to boobs pretty much yeah, yeah. there's boobs let me, let, me, let me double check that there's like the second panel of it i i think is is pretty unnecessary to to yeah. uh, have there 
Yeah. To your second Patreon tangent, talking about our favorite boobs for the next ten minutes. I kid. Uh, that'll take us on uh, to <laughs> only <our> next... ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that'll take us on to Superman issue fifteen. Brian Michael Bendis writing with Ivan Reese on the art. Um, although Comicsology claimed there was like three or four artists, although the cover only had Reese's name uh, for the actual yep. uh, line work. So. Um, you know, so I'll go with that. But anyway, so this, again, we're still kind of sitting on uh, the introduction of the Legion here. Uh, we get, basically, it's kind of like a wrap-up issue, just sort of explaining where everything ends here. Yeah. Where we find out uh, a little bit more about Rogelzar and how he's being contained, and we find out kind of the setup of this, this unification, this UN of space, and uh, Superboy being offered this job to, you know, or a job, this, this position. position to go with the Legion. And he's going to like have to go home and decide on it. He's got a bit of time to to decide. Yeah. Uh, and it ends with kind of a joke of like uh, Supergirl saying to him, "Hey, you might want to like sugarcoat this as like uh, a, a college thing in the future to your mum because yeah. Lois doesn't know about it yet." <laughs> so it's like, "Hey, you might no. want to try to sugarcoat this." And and I like how the Legion sets it up like they did with Clark when he was younger, uh, which is now that's all out of continuity because this is the de facto mm. first appearance of the Legion going forward. That they they came to Clark because he inspired them. You know, Superboy and I, the Legion can, of can I just say I much prefer yeah. it being with John and being with Superboy as opposed to Clark, because sure. I, I I don't like the idea of Clark knowing about the Legion before he becomes Superman. I just don't like that idea. Well, the whole point of it originally was that he felt so alienated being living in Smallville and being this person with his powers that the Legion would come and offer him a chance to just be himself, mm. and they were kind of like his clubhouse, right? You can kind of apply that to to. John, except that he has Damien, he has the Titans. Um, I, I'll, so, I'll be honest, I liked yeah. it in that it always gave Clark a bit of extra motivation as to yeah. do the right thing, because he's like, hey, I, I've seen the impact I can have. Yeah, see, I don't like that. a nice thing to keep him going. No, I, I hate it, because for me, well, he has to make the choice to be who he is, no matter how hard it may seem, without knowing that it's going to work. Well, I, I think... no, and, and I get that that's fine, and that's why I think it worked when John's had him forget about it, right? We have the lightning saga. Mm. And then suddenly, oh no, here they are because someone's been messing with time. And, you know, so, so it ends up working. But, so here that I do like that it is John now and that it's almost like Kara said, it's it's a it's a college program. It's, he can go and come back, you know, as long as time's not broken, which who knows with, with the way time works in DC. As soon as he get there, he could, you know, not come home for a while because because the time sphere broke but um but it doesn't mean that we're gonna lose john which i i ever since bendis came on those fears have been there and it just well, now, seems now like he's going, now he's going to be one of the main characters in the legion of superheroes book so right <laughs> written by bendis, written by bendis. Right? <laughs> so uh, those fears are definitely put to bed and it 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 doesn't necessarily write him out because he did, you know, at the end of this, John says he has to go gloat to Damien. Yeah. Well, you know? Yeah, I like that. I liked how, yeah. he, uh, like, he says, oh, I'm going to have to, like, have a serious talk about this. He's like, oh, yeah, well, your mom's like, no, no, I mean Damien. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it says next issue we're getting Super Sons. We're getting Damien yeah. uh, for, for an issue. Which should be fun. Uh, also in this, we get Zod in this kind of reformation yeah. to where now he is a de facto tweener. Whereas he's like, well, no, we did this all for Krypton, and and Superman's kind of like, well, you know, you you went in the Phantom Zone, you paid your debt to Krypton, Krypton's no more, so let's do our best to honor its legacy, and 
I like that. Yeah, no, he's basically like, yeah, Zod's going to like establish a new Krypton from you know from the mm-hmm. ground up and build a legacy. Um, in fact, there's a joke here where someone says, "How many babies you plan on having starting a new Kryptonian race?" He's like, "Yeah, not that way." <laughs> yeah. Um, but and, and, I, and I so I like that. I also there's a, a portion that in this Unity Saga story that's being told throughout Superman. We had that that future of Unity Day, right? Yeah. Where everyone's a little bit older, and Superman has a daughter. When the Legion's talking to John, they go, "Can you introduce us to your sister?" No, right? your aunt. It was your aunt. Your aunt. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. So who's who's this aunt? I I took that as they thought Supergirl was his aunt because of the age difference. Uh, okay. I that's on my brain, so I misread this. Well, I, mean, I could uh, be wrong, but no, no one yeah. else made sense, and I thought, oh, maybe it's aunt, not sister. So I'm remembering this wrong. Yeah. Um, so I, so. I, I took it to mean Supergirl because she's a bit older. Um, okay. They, they thought that that was that was. His well, aunt. then, who's that character from the future then? That this reminded me of, you know. I mean, Is from, this the, another... from from the from the the, the yeah. dream of the future. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, are, are we ever gonna get that? Like, maybe? Is that just dressing. I don't know. Um, but shoot, now that it's not that, I mean, because John has no aunts. If you think about it, he like well, he's got Lucy, Lucy Lane, and that's about it. Oh sure, okay. Uh, so, well, well, yeah, yeah. Unless this this guy from the future just really has the hearts for Lucy Lane. <laughs> hey, well, that's and that's why that's why I thought maybe they're talking about you know John's sister or whatever. Mm. I I don't know, um, but yeah, so. Uh, that, that that's nothing more but anyways i i, I like that i like the yeah. the legion being so overwhelmed that and we we skipped the part where they came early their their time four minutes calculations because yeah. because the decision to actually go ahead with this didn't, hadn't happened yet and like shit right. we kind of messed this up but it actually it's actually what inspires everyone to well maybe well it sounds like it works so we should probably just all yeah. agree to this <laughs> which was connor's just his point with superman yeah of the legion right is is the United Planets come together because of an idea of the future that we know it works. So, yeah, so here we go. We have the, the Legion superhero reasoning with Superman working out. So yeah. Carrier makes um, didn't thing. Yeah. So um, uh, what else happened? So Unity. Well, uh, well, the whole scene with um, yeah. uh, Adam Strange, sure. uh, where uh, he, he well, when Superman hugging him was a nice little touch, uh, if nothing else. That makes me so worried about Tom King. <laughs> I feel like this has been just going, yo, Strange, you're gonna have a rough go of this coming up. Yeah, so, so here's a hug from Superman. So, so, so super, him, Superman telling Adam this, what happens, kind of the framing device for a lot of the yeah. story, and then of course we find out that um, Adam Strange tells Superman what's happened to Jor-El is that he's been tried for his crimes and Superman tries to stick up for him a little bit. And he's like, look, he's he's basically started wars. He's done a lot of nefarious things. There's like no protecting him. And he okay. fi- he's like, okay, can I go and see him then? Where's he incarcerated? And we find out that his punishment was to be sent back in time to the moment he left um, yeah. on Krypton. So Jor-El has actually died with the explosion of Krypton. Um, but there is this emotional yes. beat where he sees, um, you know, himself and... Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife and says he did it he united the the universe or you know he united the the universe together yeah he does it with a tear in his eye yeah i'm gonna lie it got a little bit dusty as i was reading that it's a good moment it's one of these things where i don't necessarily like the idea that joel you know survived you know when he was first revealed as mr oz and it was this kind of thing like 
you know, it's this thing where we can't just let people be dead. Um, this, of course, kind of puts it back in place again and fits it. You know, it, it does kind of like kind of change Joel's character, how we think of Joel a little bit that he went on mm-hmm. to do all this stuff. But, um, yeah, so that does that, and we find out that Jorel actually created uh, Rogelzar. Yeah, Jorel's behind he was, it. He's kind of Frankenstein's monster that way, and that we still are unclear about why. Why this dark, you know, what, what are they called? The, you know, dark circle, whatever they were. Yeah. Yeah, the circle. That's yeah. what it was. Um, why they would create Rogelzar and why he hates the Kryptonians. So I'm sure we'll get that later. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure there'll be more Rogelzar backstory to come at some point. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll maybe t- be taking a break from him for a little while uh, whilst we yeah, focus on that, all that stuff. That's cool. Um, Superman, yeah. or sorry, uh, Jor-El rather, uh, when he's been sentenced, he's got those uh, rings around him. You know, the Superman the movie uh, yeah. rings, which is cool. Uh, I did like that. So, nah, it's a really nice beat, and we get that full page of Krypton going again, um, which we see yeah. a, we see it all the time in comics, but it, it felt more justified here than normal because we just sent someone back to that, you know, yeah. moment to die. And you see the rocket leaving, right? Yeah. There's that. There's a screen explosion, but a, a yellow red one escaping it, and yeah, who we? Yeah, so that's a really solid issue. And the final page is uh, the Superman family all flying back to Earth and joking about you know speaking to Lois and uh, Damien, and that's where we leave the issue. Uh, Joe, it's funny. Like, at the start of this issue, I was almost like, hey, like between Superman and Supergirl last issues and then this issue, mm-hmm. it feels like we've been revolving around this one event and the Legion showing up for three issues yep. now. I was worried that it was going to feel like it was spinning its wheels a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this issue actually delivered on everything um, yeah. that it needed. Um, if yeah. anything, the last two issues, you know, Superman and Supergirl, did suffer a little bit from both being two sides of the same thing. And it felt mm-hmm. a little bit repetition between them. But... Well, and that, that's why when we get to Supergirl, it feels so refreshing. Yeah. That what we jump back to. Um, but, you know, here, the ultimate, the ultimate point with the Legion here that I don't like that it didn't get lost is they brought themselves, right? Mm. Like, this all happens, and they kind of incept it for it to happen. And it ultimately makes them more important, which I like because for, for these characters that have been gone for so long now, you know, Bendis is putting this this mark on them between Millennium and and the the series that's spinning out of this. Like, I, as a Legion fan, I'm very happy, yeah. even though it's not my Legion. You know that that I like I'm the classic so Superman far. era, but it's good. And if it's gonna bring people like Pete in that aren't that familiar with the Legion, then by all means, let's yeah, do and this. And I feel like you said it's going to spin out. I feel like it's going to equally spin out of both this and Millennium because I feel like Rose is going well, to be there too. Well, yeah, so. that's what I said. When I said this Millennium and then spinning out of this, you know, like both of them are, are lifting that weight uh, together. Yeah. And, it's, um, and I like the so idea that... I like the idea that John's deciding uh, to go, but it's, it's basically just visiting first. It's not permanent. So, yeah. you know, it opens the door for him to always return later down the line, which is inevitably yeah. going to happen at some point. Exactly. And um, the, the the cohesion that you feel amongst the super books right now, mm. it definitely feels like a shared universe. Uh, and like with, with the Batman books, I mean, we're not reading Detective, but that feels so far away from King's Run or anything else going on over there that you know it feels nice that superman is what happens here has fallout in supergirl but i I feel like you could just read supergirl and you get the the beats enough that you wouldn't need you know, like you're not missing out it just makes it better yeah yeah if anything the, the bigger concern is when you're reading both you do get a little bit of overlap sometimes mm-hmm. uh and that you know it's a little annoying but it's not a big deal yeah God so damn, hey that is uh that is superman 
15. What are you giving it, Matt? I'm giving this a 9. I really enjoyed this. Ivan Resart is up there. And again, it, it got dusty in that that moment of, of Jarrell going back. Yeah, no, I, I liked it a lot too. Uh, I am going to give it an 8.5. I, I think... Uh, there's emotional beats in there. I think the whole idea of Unity Day, the big full page spread of you know John shouting Unity Day, and this is what this day will be known. The whole idea of everyone coming together under the guise of the Superman family and uh, how Clark finds out about Jor-El. All that stuff kind of just makes for some really good reading. And it feels like a, it really, this feels like the true ending to you know the first 15 issues. It feels like Unity Day is the capper on the Unity saga, which is you know what this has been up mm-hmm. until now and we're going to maybe start i mean i'm sure we're going to deal with john's decision next issue and then it'll be the issue after that where we really get into some new main superman book material because obviously yeah action is still doing leviathan stuff and leviathan naomi you know so that'll take us on to justice league issue 32 scott snyder and james tyne in the fourth writing with howard it's not howard porter on art i forgot to write down the artist on this no it is is it is yeah it is porter i assumed i'd like copied like a flash solicit Mm. and forgot to change the artist anyway no, um, i'm double checking the title page hold on yeah, yeah. Double, double check okay yeah. so report yeah, right, fair enough. um in that case i'm right I, I should never second guess myself again because i'm college this but uh no always second guess yourself justice league 32 uh aka the really good story that's ongoing except the scenes with lex and the villains talking to each other but otherwise good fun <laughs> i actually like the lex scenes more in this issue than the last one yeah i'm with connor on that one just because it's it starts to make me feel like uh, Lex is getting played here by Perpetua, yeah. and he's not as in control of the situation as he thinks he is. Because um, the way that she talks down to him in these, you I'm know, just... it's it's funny because he's playing Apex Lex, right? You know, he's yeah. he's the yeah. you know Apex Predator, top dog, and then he kneels to her and yeah. talks about faith and. and... I think it's pretty interesting. Well, I think I yeah. think that's why why it didn't do much for me because I feel like this is such a trope is that the big bad villain ends up answering to someone else and kneeling down before the bigger bad. And it's actually I'm going to compare it to something here. I'm going to compare it to Uh-oh. something. It's a little Uh-oh. bit too Star Warsy for me because it's always oh. oh now now Vader or whoever's bowing before the Emperor and yada yada yada. I mean, one that's a valid story technique because yeah because we we everyone in those movies we baseline off of vader uh you know, from the opening oh these guys are scared of i'm vader, not saying it's a problem in the original Jeez. star wars trilogy i'm just using no. that as the baseline comparison sure i'm just defending well. it. and in that case where oh he defers to this guy oh he must be real serious yes but here's the problem though is that it instantly my instant reaction to that even when i originally saw star wars is like no but vader's cooler than the emperor i don't care about the emperor that much but um, here's the thing but that's by design by the emperor the Emperor thrives in the shadows. Yeah. You know? No, because I'm, I'm saying what's less interesting to me is a storytelling mechanic, because for me watching but, it... But yeah... But I find yeah. them less interesting. It, I love that. Uh, from from the prequels to up through these new ones, the fact that the Emperor is kind of pulling these strings, and wh- whatever you think you know... Oh, no. About no, he's even worse than the prequels. Palpatine is the worst thing ever. I, he's oh, so no boring. Way. Good old Sheev? They, uh... <laughs> Pal- Palpatine's the worst. Uh, um, see, I I immediately thought of Snoke and and Kylo in the sequels. Here, yeah, same thing. Just, Except that's even worse because it's just redoing the, the original stuff. Well, yeah, but I just thought with the way that he's kneeling and the, I never got the idea with in the original trilogy with the Emperor Invader where Emperor is just shitty and talks down to him, 
right? Where Snoke, that's all he does to Kylo. And I'm getting that here from Perpetual. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to touch the last year, I think, but I just, I want to make okay. the point here about the, the problem I have with the, okay, spoiler, if anyone has not seen Last Jedi, I was going to say spoilers <laughs> here, right, to make my point. Yeah. Full spoilers for Last Jedi. So, Snoke being killed in Last Jedi, the problem I have with that moment is not the problem that a lot of, like, Star Wars fans who hate that movie always go on about how, like... Unfulfilled promise. Yeah, 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 all that, yada, yada, yada. My problem yeah. with that moment is that you've not done enough to make me give a shit about Snoke, so I don't even really get that this is a big deal. Like, I don't care that but Kylo's killed him, kind of thing. It's not a big deal about Snoke. It's a big deal for, for Kylo. Kylo. Well, no, exactly, that's what I'm saying, though. It's not a big deal yeah. for Kylo, because I don't understand how much of a big deal this is at all. Like, it doesn't have impact for me, but, because Snoke is nothing grand, to me. But in the grand scheme of things, you have Sheev working the edges, and Who's he's Sheev? manipulating all of this. Sheev Sheev is Palpatine. He's Palpatine. Okay. That's his first name. That's his first, okay. It's just funner to say. <laughs> Yeah. No, stop. Palpatine's known, a much better name. Palpatine. Also known oh, as she... the Senate. Yes. Oh, Let's start talking about the Senate. You know, I hate the Senate. <laughs> I am the Senate. The Senate, the Jedi uh, Council, oh, all of it. I hate basically, it. On, on Reddit, you will never hear, you will never see the word Palpatine or Emperor. No. You will see him referred to as just Sheev or the Senate, and that is it. Uh, oh, my God. So, anyways, <laughs> I, I, I like that because I hated all the Snoke speculation. I did not care who this dude was. And so, when he goes out and the way that what it means for Ben, and then to, again, we're gonna turn this back into wrestling. The way that you think he's having a baby face turn, and turns out that no, he just did this for himself, and and then you know throws the ultimatum yeah. to Ray. But again, Matt, that's backing up a point. I didn't care who he was. I didn't care about the theorizing either, which is why I didn't care when he was killed yeah. because he's nothing. Well, I, I, I didn't care about the theorizing, but I thought it was just the way that that that, that Kylo defers to him is so, enough. The point to wrap this back round to the point I'm making about yeah. this issue of this comic in uh, Perpetua, who's per- per- Perpetua Palpatine, Perpetua Palpatine. It's very, yeah. very similar word. Um, is that it's making me less interested in her? They're, they're trying to sell me who, on who Perpetua is by using yeah. Lex as being subservient. But the problem is, is I already feel kind of murky on this Apex Lex. Cause I don't really like Apex Lex that much. So all it's doing is making her less interesting to me. Maybe. See, and I hang on. Here's the I, thing. Maybe, maybe she's not Palpatine. Maybe she's Snoke. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we don't, we, you know, all that theorizing and, that we're talking about, oh, you know, all this stuff as a character. Maybe we don't care. Maybe yeah. it's all about how Lex feels in the yeah. end. But I'm saying that didn't work for me. The same reasons why it didn't work for me in Last yeah, Jedi is the same reasons why it won't work for me here. Jedi. Yeah, no. Connor's <laughs> defending us, just like it's a Kylo moment. Yeah. Right? This is our Kylo moment, all right? Like, it's about us, not about you, Pete. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then, I just, you know, and no, then, I, that's why I start writing about Last Jedi. But no, I was just... it's not. I'm, I'm going to go towards <laughs> towards comics, right? Um, just here with what we know is coming from the solicits last week, I just kind of feel like oh, Perpetua is a setup villain. She's, she's not the ultimate big bad, you know? So whatever happens out of Justice Doom War, whatever's coming next, that's the real threat. I don't know if I like that. I don't want to spoil it for people. <coughs> Huh. In case they they don't look at solicits, but um, but yeah, uh, so so enough out of this. I'm just the the pattern between Flash and and John Stewart Green Lantern between Jay Garrick Flash and oh and yeah, because that, that, yeah, it's after this we get to the good stuff after this where uh, we've got we the two the yeah we we got, no the good stuff we get the two Green Lanterns together and they're kind of comparing notes and he's kind of trying to understand Sinestro and then we get the two Flashies saving each other and. You know, Barry's trying to explain and the then speed it's force. Like, hey, should we race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get some racing, and you know, then we see the rest of the JSC oh. kind of doing their thing, and 
you know, uh, and then likewise in the future. I will say the stuff in the future was not quite as good as the GSA stuff because it did feel like, as much as it makes sense, but Wonder Woman using her lasso to sort of break them out of their their evil like spell, the yeah, right. uh, the Brainiac stuff. Um, it did feel a bit quick. It was literally the first page of this conflict. It's like, hey, lasso around our man. Oh, yeah. I think I think the biggest problem with the future stuff is it comes after the JSA stuff, so it feels by oh. design a little repetitive because they're kind of going through the same beats mm. uh, you know past and future I, so because well, of that, that it feels a little oh see i think feel all three of us care much more about the just society than we, we do. do about these features right so Who like doesn't? well someone maybe i don't know people out there might really care about commandy and justice legion alpha and <clears> these <throat> other concepts that don't get touched on enough we're just like oh no uh well to be fair justice that's why society. i explicitly did not say it was about you know the, the Justice right. Society was because of that. And it's not that the Justice Society bit is better because I like them more. It's the fact that because this comes after and the mm. plot beats are, by design, kind right. of they're doing the same things kind of in parallel, yeah. uh, it feels like a little repetitive because of that. Which, I mean, yeah. I, you could say the same if you put the JSA after. You could say yeah. the same. I don't know, I'm going to dispute this. I'm going to dispute if they put the GSA stuff after the future stuff. So if they just swap the order, I guarantee all three of us would still like the GSA sections more. We probably would, because it's yeah. GSA. But, that's, but then it's down to just, well, we like the GSA, don't we? Whereas yeah, that, I'm giving an actual critique on the structure here. Well, I think it's not just that, though. I, I think it's because the villains in the GSA section are Sinestro, Grodd, and Cheetah, and that is inherently more interesting than what's happening. Even Brainiac. though all, 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 what was it? Brainiac 1 million. I was going to say Ultra Brainiac. Brainiac 1 million is pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's cool, but like, it's, it's, I don't think it's as interesting as the other villains we care about, right? It's, uh... So I, I hear that. Pete, I don't know if you've ever seen I know you're a huge Terminator fan. Yes. Uh, but T2, The Ride, Battle Across Time. Yes. Have you ever seen that? Like Cameron uh, actually helped shoot it and whatnot. I've never seen the whole thing because I don't know if you can actually just... Right. Uh, it may be on YouTube probably by now, but yeah. I remember... Well, on the on the old Ultimate DVD, there was like a whole like, making of of it. I watched that and saw yeah. some clips and stuff. Yeah, so they they go the they take the whole audience to the future, which is real cool. I mean, it was a fun theme park thing, but you end up running into the T one million, right? And that's all I could think of with Brainiac one million. What was the T one million's uh, like? What is he? What, what, what's his? Power it's set? a really big T one thousand that takes the shape of like a spider. Okay. <laughs> like it's it's huge. Like did did um, a certain producer have something to do with this? <laughs> John uh, Peters from Superman loves at it again. Yeah. yeah. So um it's been years since I've seen it. Maybe it it was just this, this big monstrous. It doesn't take a, a, a robot form like we know or we see. Um so anyways, when when you get that big page reveal with the Brainiac one million, I was just like, Oh, okay, this is yeah. uh, this is Battle so... Cross Time. So they get the piece of totality in both time time periods. Uh, yeah. The Trinity with this uh, uh, Justice Legion, um, they sort of team up. They're going to take on this big brainiac, and Wonder Woman gives a command, a nice little pep talk about how now there's always hope. The fact that you're still fighting yeah. in the future it means that humanity always has hope. Yeah. Uh, but then the big interesting thing happens where suddenly the heroes in the past get help from some sea monsters and sharks and whatnot. Um, I love the build-up to that because you just like cheat is like, do you hear that? And then there's like there's a giant tentacle burst into the ship. A giant tentacle, I... and I'm thinking, Starro? Is this is this Jaro? Did he do something through yeah. time? And well, then and then you see all the the sharks and dolphins carrying the people. <laughs> yeah, 
And it's like, okay, now we know who this is. This is Aquaman popping in. Yeah, it's the opposite of the Indianapolis, right? The sharks aren't eating the people. They're carrying them to shore. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I like about this? That's hilarious. I like that the last issue made us think, wait, is Aquaman kind of of taking a heel turn because he's working with the Animonitor? And I loved it. You know, he shows up here and like, wait, wait, I thought he kind of went evil last issue. But it's actually a nice little prelude to the fact that when, you know, uh, Apex Lex and that are confronted with the Anti-Monitor, he, he shows up with the others, you know, with Hot yeah. Girl, Starman, the Monitor, and the World Forger, and he's like, no, I've chosen justice, and he's got this giant gun, and it's like, no. Yeah. So, what I like about that is is that the tease last issue that Aquaman might have went evil actually flips, and it's like, no, 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 that's not the tease. The tease is that the Anti-Monitor right. is actually on the side of justice. Alright. Yeah. It's so, an uneasy truce, but I kind of like when you think about the Anti-Monitor's uh, motivation throughout you know the dc universe timeline i guess you could see that he he was never about justice he wasn't destroying earths just to destroy them for doom because he wanted to there was a purpose there was Mm. an order and to him it was justice these worlds could not survive um and and that's why he was he was taking him out at least i think it's been a while since i've i've read Infinite yeah. Crisis. And I think I was, I was I know where I was getting Ultra Brainiac before because it says next time yeah. uh, the and the Ultra, Ultra Monitor. Monitor. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see what that is exactly. Uh, but. So, so do they're we gonna, think they're, they're gonna combine? Yeah. Yeah. Flipping Voltron style. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I hope the Ultra Monitor is just Bebo. No, no, I, I, I hope, no, I hope, uh, I hope, like, uh, the monitor, like, holds it like a morphin, like, uh, coin yeah. and says, it's monitor time! And then the <laughs> Uh, I just want it to be giant Bebo. It's, it's the ultimate. So, so t- talking negatively about this, but beyond the the you know what, what we said earlier, mm-hmm. I will say this is an issue that definitely felt like Morrison light with mm-hmm. the the world of Gog and the different you know monitor stuff and Perpetua and just the idea so, of playing with all the continuity you know. Other yeah. future stuff, command. Yeah, there was yeah. actually there was a little hand wavy moment actually when Lex was talking to the villains. Where he's like, "Oh, don't worry about messing up the timeline. Perpetual will only let the certain things that she wants to stick stick." To be fair, yeah. that kind of tracks with how we've seen you know Brainiac's bottled all the hyper time moments. So mm-hmm. Oh no, it does. It just it felt like such a hand wavy thing. Yeah. Like, oh, readers, don't worry about continuity yeah. here. We're just going to play with it. I, I get that, but it tracks with what we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. It just—it definitely feels like Morrison light, and I just—it makes me wonder that if Morrison was doing something like this, if it would stick the landing, or if this is the more, you know, um, consumptible version of it. Loves when Morrison does the big shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm okay with Morrison light. I yeah. I'm enjoying this story for the most part. I'm having some trouble with the villain stuff, but the, you know the actual two teams and their adventures. I'm enjoying well enough, and I'm having fun. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I can't be too negative on this story. Um, it's just, you know, there's some snidery things around the edges and there's, you know, the villain stuff I'm not so keen on. But mm-hmm. uh, They made that announcement yet. Speaking of Snyder and Tinian. That's true, because we are due the, the official announcement today, yeah. as it is Batman Day. They, they, by all accounts, we are getting the official announcement of the new Batman writer today. Oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> Maybe we'll have it by the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm checking right now because he was. Uh, if not, I think was we'll do a little talk about it. You know the details. Yeah. Well, I just know that Tynan was doing a signing in at a at a Barnes and Noble with Tomasi, and one of the artists. I can't remember which one. Um. So they said they're gonna have a big announcement for Batman Day. 
I don't know if they're working us or what, but um, if I don't see anything, check it right. through Twitter. What which, which, uh, monitor do I have to sacrifice Carter to get Tom Taylor on the Batman book? Like what? Funnily one? enough, he said that he made a post on Friday or Thursday. I can't remember which one. Tell me that more. he's been seeing. Tell me more. Yeah. Man. Tell me more. Uh, <laughs> right, hold on. The... Hold, hold for the, the our honor's sound bite. Oh, there we go. Taylor. You may continue. <laughs> so he said, someone tweeted at him and says, what are the odds that you're the new Batman writer? And he mm-hmm. goes, um, whatever the odds are, they're they're very, I think high odds are, are bad because all he knows that right now he's working on for DC is, is Suicide Squad and he's focused on making it the best possible. Mm. But he would love to work on Batman one day and then King pops up in the, in the thread and says, I don't know, I'd say your odds are good. And and Taylor's like, Don't don't do this right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't I, I think his this. response was people are just confusing the, us again. The yeah. two of us, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't uh, think it is gonna be Taylor. What the odds what I are say is uh, by where the, the site that shall not be named that reported this. Yes. That said Tinian's gonna be uh, the writer. writer from eighty six. Said that it was only gonna be the writer from eighty six to one hundred. And that's when we're going to relaunch with a new number one, a new person in the bat suit, and a new writer. Let's talk about this properly at the end, because some people may yeah. skip this part because it's part of Justice League's discussion. So, um, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, we'll have a Batman. Quick, we'll have a Batman day, a bit of speculation at the end of the show, right? That'll happen in the end. Um, Connor, I'm sending this to the chat as I was looking through the through the the tweets for Batman stuff. Someone posted they they're calling it um, Batman D and D. And it's their character designs for a Batman D and D crossover. Um, I thought you should see them. All right, Justice League though, rate it, Matt. Oh, I'm giving this one an eight. Uh, Hardcore's art's pretty good, but it's still a little bit spotty in some parts. Like his art style is very blocky, mm-hmm. um, and and it works in some parts and not so much in others. So, Connor, yeah, eight. Yeah, I'm going with an eight. Similar reasons. Uh... The art being a, a point spy, though, there's a moment where um, when uh, Barry and uh, and John think that, that Aquaman's doing this and they're like, oh, it can't be, you know, some f- uh, odd faces at that moment in particular where I felt like should have been the, the most important moment of the book for them. Mm. I'm going to go with 7.5. I kind of agree with the art uh, comments, but um, yeah, the like stuff, Perpetua, is just not uh, there for me. But I'm enjoying the rest of it well enough for what mm-hmm. it is. So uh, there you go. That is uh, Justice League, uh, which will take us on to Aquaman 52. Kelly Sue, the iconic rating with Robson Roca on the art. Uh, more Kraken. Well, not really Kraken, but, you know, Sea Monster. Yeah, uh, tentacles. Sea Monster. And uh, speaking of D&D, uh, <laughs> uh, Jackson going full in. Oh, yeah. He, he, was, draw- he was like, oh, a saving throw. That's how you roll. Yeah. All right, then. Yep. Oh, full, full nerd. <laughs> Plus three nerd. water bearers cracked me up. Plus yeah. three water bearers, yeah. And <sighs> and yeah, and uh, this the, the Manta stuff still, I don't feel like it's matching the rest if, of the tone of the book. I'm, I'm going to tell you now, that yeah. section drops this book by a point for me at the end because I was just like, why are we doing this? This is so it, disconnected. It, might be a half point. I do like where it's going and what he's doing. I, I think the Manta um, stuff will be fun once it actually is the main plot. Like once it's yeah, 
But it just felt just, so disparate and just thrown yeah, in here. It, it, it didn't feel in. connected at all. Yeah, I will say um, the same problem with bad with the odd face last issue uh, is mm-hmm. popping up, but I do think Roka's art when it comes to the monster and like the battling in the water and the you know Aquaman yeah. jumping out and catching the trident, you know, as it's thrown into That's the air, great. Yeah. you know, all that stuff looks uh, really good. I got to get all stabby on you. Mm. Like, there's some fun dialogue here. Um, but yeah, mostly the art's pretty good. Um, so I mean, feel Roka really. Really excels during action scenes. And I like the coloring. I like the, the overall this tone. Of, of, uh, the the, the coloring bit, yeah. when uh, when Arthur goes flying through the lighthouse. Mm. Yeah. And it explodes yeah. is just gorgeous. Uh, and and the bigger part of this is seeing the cost of being a hero. So Jackson sees this where he can't rescue that guy. Arthur. Yeah. Uh, yeah Arthur and he drowns. Uh, and then they have the funeral for him, and I thought that was a really—you don't see that too much in superhero comics. I, his name, I think his name was Ralph, not Arthur. Oh, Ralph. It was Ralph. Sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where I got Arthur from. Then. But they're but they're <laughs> trying. That's Aquaman. Yeah. But so oh. they're they're trying to resuscitate him. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Jesus, are you sure you're on a DC podcast? No, we hate comics, guys. Arthur. <laughs> Um, I almost call him Aquaman, all right? <laughs> yeah, I know, but come on. Yes, yes, Arthur Curry is Aquaman. Yeah, 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 right. Um, I thought it too, though. Like, I forgot his name. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. Ralph, Ralph. So, so I think it was, I Ralph. think I think I remembered Ralphie, and then Ralphie to Arthur's, you know, similar. Wait, wait, what? How's Ralphie similar to It's from Arthur? a similar era. I can see like, the same, like, kid Although... being called that in, like, a sitcom from the, from the 70s. <laughs> So, so there's this narration over it, and we don't exactly know what it's from mm-hmm. as we, you know, as we go. So, Pete, is, is this an actual Scottish prayer? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. <laughs> do you think I know prayers? Well, he says from ghoulies and ghosties and long-legged beasties. I mean, that that, that, that part does sound that does long-legged beasties Good does Lord. sound familiar. Good Lord, deliver us! So goes the Scotsman's prayer. So I'm just saying, like I the long-legged beasties does sound familiar. Maybe it's taken from an old uh, Robert Burns uh, or Rabbi Burns to say it in the the, the local way. Uh, but um, no, interesting. Uh, now this was a, this was a fairly quick read, but it was beautiful and all the fighting was really fun and it has this kind of downbeat ending. I think the symbolism of the lighthouse getting smashed up and like this beacon of light not being there anymore. Uh, yeah. I think uh, it's so fascinating to me that the monster vanishes as the lighthouse is yeah. destroyed. Right. Yeah. Like that's what was tethering it. Yeah, and we have. I, I love the the image of them all out in these little boats, and like the the priest is like in the middle boat, like you know, saying you know the the you know the not the eulogy, but the you know saying mm-hmm. the final thing. Um, and all these little red little red ports they're putting put in the water to sort of symbolize. It's kind of it's kind of the equal thing of the, the lanterns in certain. You know, rituals. yeah, we're in uh, and I know in Hawaii when someone dies in the ocean, they put lays out, they go in a, in a circle and they float those out to you know the the flower necklaces. So, um, same, same kind of sentiment. Um, and, and all that's kind of upset by flipping Mecha Manta and don't call him son. <laughs> and I just felt like, yeah, it felt like a tone with the rest of the book. I think that's fair, yeah. it did. He calls uh, me captain. Yeah, yeah I, I I kind of like that. I also like that they go to a this proto Atlantean civilization and Manta's just there to to destroy it. 
because that's what he's all about now. Well, it, it particularly frustrated me that this was, um, you know, uh, intercut with the funeral. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's so tonally offbeat that it was yeah. I think, if anything, what they should have done is just put it all at the end and say it's like an epilogue. So the story finishes yeah. there and get a few pages of the Manta plot line on its own. Yeah. Which I'd still dislike because it would still feel jarring, but, but it would, it would, I think I'd like it wouldn't it wouldn't ruin yeah. the flow of the, the moment in like the the funeral. It wouldn't interfere with the pace or the the tone. Uh, but the final page, uh, we find out who's actually been doing all, all this narration. Uh, Tristram yep. Mordor shows up. Who's the long lost writer? That yeah, the lighthouse appeared two hundred years ago. Yeah, the, monster dude. Yeah, the lighthouse yeah. Uh, dude who the, the story was told about. Not H.P. Lovecraft. I, I wonder if he was the monster because if you uh, yeah. if you look at his shadow and uh, you know you, 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 could, you could argue and tell yeah. me it's some hair and stuff but it looks a bit tentacly. No, I think it's it's definitely shown as he is the monster, um, and that's why yeah you know, oh it it just happened to vanish and now he's here. Yes. Yep. So how did he become a monster? Jack. Sure yeah, Jackson's gonna lose was, it. The, the story was that he was taken by a monster. Yeah, but you know, is there a separate monster that took him and you know, and, and is maybe replaced him, or was he just this all the time? You know, where was right. it always him? He well, if he is a H.P. Lovecraft analog, then maybe the monster's madness. Well, right? I mean, possibly, yeah. but I mean, the whole thing with H.P. Lovecraft is, is that you know, if you actually look at his writings, he was not a pleasant person. He was kind of a monster in no. his own way. So I wonder, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could almost read this as a. Like an interesting commentary on Lovecraft, where he wrote about monstrous stuff, but he was kind of a monster himself. So this is kind of like a weird right. wink, that's, wink. That's where it projected, and it was the madness, and he was worried about going mad. That was his his main thing. So that's what it, it, it translates into his books. But if you look at what Kelly Sue's been doing from the beginning with the the Ocean Gods, and and now all of this, and it's kind of it's not really a mythology, but it's in that it's in that realm. Yeah. It has become a mythology in its own right, I would say. Well, well I mean, it is called the Cthulhu Mythos, right? But yeah. I don't. I just mean it in, in stories. Like, Oops. the gods get their powers when people believe in them. And, you know, who's to say that this writer didn't attain the same kind of power? And now that there's books and, you know, games-based, you know a what I mean? super Morrison uh, concept. Or, I mean... I'd say more. I mean, that's along the lines of a game and two, right? I mean, is that what American Gods is all about? Mm, yeah. So, who's to say that now that there's this reinvigorated interest with with the role playing games and all the books that Jackson's been reading, he hasn't attained the a same kind of ability? Kind of brought him back. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and maybe he's not the villain. Maybe that's just you know, who knows? Yeah, he's tell not that, the tell monster. Tell that to Ralphie. Here formerly known as Arthur. Yeah. Well, you know, the ocean. I also like that about how the ocean magnifies things. That's probably my favorite bit in the book, that if you're out on a boat, you're out at sea, it shows you who you really are, and that if you're a good person, it's only going to magnify that. But if you're this bitter, broken, cold-hearted, it's only going to turn you into a monster. Yeah. So maybe that plays into it as well. <laughs> Hence why Connor never goes sailing. Uh, so... Do you I really want that? I, I, I used to do quite a bit of kayaking. <laughs> that kind of guy is the Turn worst. That kind of guy is the worst indeed. Uh, what are you rating the issue, Matt? Uh, I'm going to give this one an 8. I enjoyed everything except for the pacing with the Manta mm-hmm. and the occasional art thing here or there. But, I mean, Kelly Sue's been killing it on Aquaman. It's just another one. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Connor? Yeah, what he said, word for word. 
Cool. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go 8.5. Um, despite the... I mean, I agree with the pacing stuff, but the the, the mana stuff like sort of taken away from the tone of that bit. Um, but everything it's doing is working so well for me. And it's, it's got this great tone to it. I'm loving that it's dealing with the supporting cast and, you know, uh, the cops are regular character again, Jackson being mm-hmm. included, like all, all this stuff. Um, and the actual fight would look great. I'm loving what it's doing with the sea monster stuff. So uh, 8.5 for me. Uh, so before we move on to the next book, let me just tell you right now about patreon.com slash TV, where you can go and support everything we do, including this podcast. You can support us for as little as $1 per month, and you get some bonus stuff over there, including cut-out tangents that you might get from time to time. Um, the higher tiers, of course, have things like credits at the end of the videos you can get your name on, and you know, some other such stuff. But uh, it helps keep the content coming, so if you want to support everything we do, uh, you can go do that at patreon.com slash TV. But that will take us on to Supergirl issue 34, uh, Mark and Draco writing and Eduardo Pansica on the art. And Supergirl is back in National City. Yeah. Uh, and we see it as a, as a poster for Cara Danvers. She's missing. So Yeah, Ben. Uh, Ben's putting that up. Yeah, um, we're going to have to deal with that soon, aren't we? Yeah, and, and I like how she goes and catches Dr. Veritas smoking, right? Mm-hmm. And gives her, gives her a Superman-esque lecture. Yeah, okay. and we deal with the idea that. that she's in hiding because all of the all the agencies. This is kind of a Leviathan uh, tie-in mm-hmm. issue, and that all of the agencies are missing, including her her foster parents. Uh, the Danvers are missing, and this issue is largely about um, them. Go, you know, her trying to find them and find out what happened to them. Um, mm-hmm. Whilst also Lexi's gift to one of the Brainiacs is to is access to the Fortress of Solitude, so that you can right. gain knowledge and whatnot. Um, and this is the original fortress, not the Bermuda one, right? Yeah, this is the original. This uh, is the Arctic. Okay. Arctic one, yeah. Um, so, no, um, no, I love the Ben's back. I thought it was really cool. Uh, yeah. Kind of like bringing the, the, the supporting cast back in. Makes it feel more in line with what the book was before she went off to space. Wow. And presumably setting up maybe in these last few issues before Hauser comes on board in December? Yeah, December's her, her issue. Yeah. Um, you know, setting that stuff up. So it feels like, you know, like the book will probably still be tying into Superman a lot, but now it'll be Jodie Hauser doing it. Um, but they're, they're looking for Eliza and it, they, they track her, her hand, her robotic hand to a morgue, which obviously is not good news. It, it's, it's this nice jump no. cut because, uh, you know, she says, you're not going to like this. You know, Veritas is like, you're not going to like where we're going to track this to. And we go to a morgue and Supergirl goes in and finds the hand in a bag on top of the body, which doesn't necessarily suggest that the body is hers, it could be that, you know, someone's left us, Leviathan's left us for Supergirl to find. Um, was kind of how I was mean, maybe reading it, is that it's not actually belonging to this body. It's just, here's a... But it definitely is Eliza's. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, we get, like, a flashback. So Leviathan maybe yeah. has her kidnapped or whatever, but someone... Or maybe Eliza herself has left it here as a, as a breadcrumb. Right, right. Because we know that Leviathan's technology would be able to replace something like that, right? Like... Mm. Um, but then again, you see Kara dealing with, with Leviathan, and she hasn't yet, and, like, them wearing lead masks, and them also not being too sure of themselves, right? And yeah. uh, and now she's fighting this Leviathan, she's pretty upset because of, of Eliza, and someone shows up and kills one of the members of Leviathan, which I thought that was pretty shocking. Yeah, that's where we get to. That's where, that's where it goes next. Yeah, Leviathan shows. These, these like three Leviathan just show up. And Supergirl has a hard time. They're wearing lead. They actually trap Crypto with like an electric net at one point, and she has to get yeah. him out. But they have Kryptonite, and it becomes this thing where you know maybe she's you know in over her head here, and then in walks someone masked to like help her, 
and she at first she's like you just killed three people i don't care who they were like this is not right and then he takes off the mask and it's uh it's jeremiah danvers that's the big cliffhanger at the end of the book it's, 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 yep it's her earth dad and he so so yeah he's presumably you know i really like the art on crypto here where he's popping the leg yeah. but the physics of this bothers me a little bit what exactly is yeah. he resting his paw on because he's his leg's not bent so it's like he's as yeah as someone with a dog that gets pushy when she wants pets yeah I just felt like like crypto just is is like tapping him because he's excited to see yeah. him. You know, it's not so much arresting. It's like we caught him in motion. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they are yeah. typically quite light though. I, I think Panseca is pretty solid on Supergirl. Um, yeah. Uh, looks great in the. You outfit. know what's funny? Panseca and Roca weren't they both main artists on on Green Lanterns? Yeah, I think and so. Just, yeah. It, yeah. So it's good to know that they're that they've you know got to other books, even though that books no longer around sadly um that they're still around doing stuff absolutely because uh, uh, they are i think it's really solid uh, the, the page where she's crying looking at the hand as the flashback mm-hmm. kind of plays out around her uh it's a little bit 90s but it's 90s in a good way you know because so, there's yeah. 90s art that i really like and there's 90s art that i really dislike and this is kind of like good 90s art <laughs> yeah. if that makes any sense whatsoever uh no it does it there, there's a blockiness to it there's a yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's very action oriented. Uh, it's kind of like Howard Porter, but I would also say Howard Porter's very '90s esque too, in the best way. Yeah. Uh, so no, uh, I like this issue quite a bit. It felt like it was getting back to her supporting cast, which is obviously she's had Zinder mm-hmm. in space, but this was no. Let's get back to her Earth supporting cast and reintroduce them, and presumably because they want to do some stuff with them, they're going to use them in future stories, and maybe uh, House is going to do stuff with them. So yeah. Uh, if I was to make a guess, I'd say that either we'll sort of she'll have like a cover story for Kara coming back either by the end of this or maybe that'll be the start of Hauser's run. I don't know if that's something they're going to fix before Hauser starts or if it's something that Hauser that'll be our first story is like okay, how do we reintroduce and reestablish Kara Danvers and her existing yeah. in the world? Uh, that should be fun. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm digging it. Well, let me just say that I want to look up Doctor Veritas. Is like I know she's been around for a while, but exactly where? And I just got very upset. Oh. You want to know who created her, Pete? Oh. <laughs> Is it one Mr. Scott Lobdell? Yep. During the Hell on Earth story, which I completely put out of my brain. Mm-hmm. I was like, I remember Dr. Veritas showing up, you know, over time since, since Rebirth and whatnot. But where exactly did she come from? On the upside, nope. though, I mean, this is just proof that you can take someone and turn them into a solid supporting That's it. character. And I, and again, I feel like sometimes Superman and Supergirl, we'll say the Superman family supporting cast, doesn't get a lot of spotlight. Mm. But I like here that Doctor Veritas has, and hopefully the the fire uh, chief, who I'm blanking on her name, hopefully she starts showing back up in Bendis's run because she's a pretty key early on, you know, a pretty big member. Uh, I think she will. I think she will. Yeah. Um, I, no, I, I think what I liked about this is that it tied a little bit into Leviathan, but it mainly re-established how important her Earth parents are to her and mm-hmm. the concern over that, but also re-established Veritas. So it's, you know, it, and even even Ben gets a little cameo of like re-establishing him. So it's very clearly saying, hey, here's the mm-hmm. main players in our supporting cast that are going to be important again, uh, focusing mainly on the parents and the idea of like her getting back to them and you know what's going on there. So... Um, I think this will be a solid like three issue arc or whatever it is that gets us up to House's first issue, and yeah. then from there we'll see what it does. So, uh, good. What are you giving it, Matt? Uh, I'm gonna give this one an eight. It's it's pretty good. I like that it 
took us back to National City and at Supergirl back in that element after the side trek around the universe where it feels like very much, uh, not so much a change in tone, but like, hey, we're done with the Rogelzar stuff. Supergirl can go back to being Supergirl and not, yeah. not all that. No. Uh, <laughs> I pretty much agree. I will give it an 8 as well. I think it's a pretty solid issue. I'm liking it's setting up Supergirl's world again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the Supergirl... After having, you know, some misses during the Orlando run, has gotten, you know, between that first arc with Hauser co-writing and then since it came back with Andreco, it's it's definitely been consistently mm-hmm. solid for us, I think. And I'm looking forward to uh, Hauser running wild on it. Uh, Hauser being the full-time writer on a, an ongoing book is something that I've wanted for yeah. a while. So uh, I'm more than pleased. So that'll take us on to Jimmy Olsen, issue three, Matt Fraction, writing with Steve Lieber on the art. Um, I'm going to start with something here. This is my last issue of this book. I'm good. I can move on with my life. Really? Yeah. So Pete's a terrible person. I'm good. It's not for me. <laughs> he, he hates comics, obviously. I, oh, I like, you know, I've not been as hot on it as you guys have, and I was reading this issue, and everything that I want them want them to do with this, they, they keep ignoring. Like, you know, we ended the last issue with Lois is coming to help, and like it's like the final scene of this book where Lois shows up. Yeah. You know, yeah. so much of it's We're... set before he went to Gotham, and I was excited We're... about him being in Gotham, and there's been so little of it, and I'm just, it's, just, the... it's annoying me. The body double scene with Metamorpho is one of my favorite things in comics this year. I was laughing, like genuinely yeah. laughing out loud. Yeah. I do not do that often while reading a comic. It, it, it basically his friend who died and who I'm sure will pop back up because we don't know what happened. Nobody, no death. But for all intents and purposes, you know the Star Labs guy that you know found this dwarf star matter in whatever made Jimmy a clone of himself. Why? Because he could, I guess. And as he is setting that up, someone tries to kill him and and shoots the, the clone body. I just, I love what the, what the whole reason he made it is as an assassination decoy. So, oh, you know. Yeah, that's what it is. Assassination decoy. Uh, and, and, you know, Rex is there going, hey, hey, why do you even need that? How many people actually want to kill you? It's like, you know what? Yeah, right, yeah. Now that you mention it, and then immediately like three gunshots come through the window yeah. and, and take out the body. Right. So that's all good stuff too. But then we get some cool character stuff with Luther, which I like the fact that Faction's pitting Luther versus Olsen. Like these old Metropolis families. Uh, Superman's and, just and in this. Right. And that... He, so the 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 Luther Lion, or what was it called? The was the statue the, the, the that lion, got destroyed. Yeah. And there was a box left inside, and it's and it's basically you know left to Luther because it was his family statue, and he cracks it open and he takes up his whatever of the year award. It's this glass, really prestige looking award, and uses it to break open the box and cuts his hand. And I thought right here is the ultimate, the ultimate character moment for Luther in this, that he's actually getting his hands dirty. Now. Yeah, and and it's again uh, to to show how different he is from from Superman. He's like, uh-huh. oh, he he's a man. He bleeds. Yep. Just and, doing simple things. And if he bleeds, so, we can kill him. I mean, sorry. Wrong. That's right. <laughs> and so, in this box is is Olsen family stuff. It's it's Joachim Olsen's uh, monocle. His his monocle, a a small like Derringer pistol, and a family photo, 
And it's like, well, why was that in the capstone in the Luther? So I'm starting, I'm willing to bet that the Olsons and the Luthers are much more connected. Yeah, because we open with old uh-huh. Olson hanging uh, Luther or Alexander, as they're known as the family name at that point. Right. And and it, it, it's Lutheria, what's the full Luthay, name? Luther Alexander. Yeah. So they're not the Luthers yet, right? But this is the family we're expected. And my Superman history tells me that, that in modern canon, Lex is from Smallville, and he ends up in Metropolis. So I don't know if this is going to play into that, and that that in order to get out of the Olsen family shadow... Well, to be fair, Matt, I think whenever we yeah. get the Lex was in Smallville thing, it's always the idea that they've moved there. It's not like the family is meant to have come from well, Smallville, right? I'm I'm wondering if that's we're gonna find this. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if that is because here I'm just getting the feeling that the Luthers and Olsons are intertwined just because that dude's last name that says he'll he'll curse him later, right? It, it's not Luther, right? That's his first name. Yeah, and then and it's and it's flipped. So I'm not wondering if like what who we know as the Luthers, right, spin out of the Olsons. I wonder how continuity this actually is, because, I mean, if you go off of recent Justice League, for example, um, you know, Lionel was a, a drunk old bastard. Right. Uh, and not, kind the, of. not the scion of Metropolis in, in, the, in the way that they're presented as this old family. No, but also he, he also ran that government project, right? And that's true, With he did, yeah. That led to... So that might have been the later years. Yeah, yeah um, you're right. Right, so it still doesn't counteract that. He's still reaching out to Lois. Lois has her spelling. There's a, there's a dab, uh, a, a, dab, a jab uh, at yeah, her she spelling. Tries to correct the grammar, and she's like, right. "Yeah, well, spelling matters too." Yeah, and that's what he, she goes, you know, but not as not as much as you know, you would think. So it feels like it's very much in continuity, despite being you know not seeming like it, it, it's just touching that continuity. Mm. Um, because that whole scene in, in new Oberstad, it just him not, not killing him and sending him away. Uh, and then by the time we see that family picture, it looks like Joachim Olsen is, is much older. There's been generations, like he has grandkids, you know, white beard and all that. Uh, yeah. so, you know. Was this the blood feud where it started? Is it this Hatfield-McCoy thing, or is there something else going on? Um, but you still have the Jimmy shenanigans where you find out that, that Luther basically tried to have him killed with the, the, the whole turtle thing that we saw that led to the crashing into the to the statue. Yeah, they and let's him not the... forget about the porcadillo. Right. Which so, I, I, goes... I guess is a cross between a porcupine and an armadillo. An armadillo, yep. Yeah. And that... It, goes and attacks the lawyer right yeah we, or, or so we think we also find out that that miss denise it's denise right yes that, that works in that office lives in jimmy's building because yes, she's the because one that's checking yeah if, to be fair he's okay the, the, the landlord lawyer is, is right. his name so yeah so yep so there's all these little threads in here that are going but still someone's trying to kill jimmy olsen we might think it's Lex, though that's what we so believe, because whoever it is has, you know, these uh, connections. 
that are there. But I'm starting to think maybe it's not Lex. It's too obvious. Even though, even though all of Jimmy's red strings lead right, right there. But if you also notice who's on there, his older brother's also on there. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go and look on at the board. Go, go look at that board, and he's featured very prominently. Yeah, I need to find it. It was in this issue somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's the last page. Last page. Oh. I'll get that. Uh, okay, yeah, I see it. You see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he is there quite quite heavily. You, you and have he the, has, uh, like, the... question mark links. Right, right. You also have uh, uh, Pirate Patch Bendis there. I think that's pretty funny. I'm looking for um, oh, oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that Dr. So, Fate so he, down at the bottom? Connected to Dr. a, a B? Maybe. Um, you have that, 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 that girl from, from the special is connected to the cat, which, which we've seen, uh, who is Dexter, right? Um, but yeah, and then the other funny scene is where he, you know, goes to his own funeral. He buries the, the signal watch, but Superman's still listening, so he knows what's up. I like that so little I'll, moment where he's like, hey, look, I yeah. know you're listening, and, and this mm-hmm. is just so I'm not tempted to just call for help. I've got to do this on my own. Right. That Superman pals, Jimmy Olsen is dead, and it's this really stoic moment. And he, and he puts, puts his, his head down. Head down. on the cap. And he's wearing a fake mustache like Bruce. Yeah, and he wasn't before. No. Long long live irresponsible blogger Timmy Olsen. Timmy Olsen, as if that's going to help out. Yeah. Anymore, who might, who might have a mustache? I haven't decided yet. Yet he was supposed to help the grave digger. And they know, just walked off with the shovel. shovel with the shovel. Yeah. And the guy's like, "Hey, dude, that, that's my shovel. I need that." Yeah. So uh, it's a shame that Pete's done with this one because I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. This, this has quickly uh, become one of my favorite books that DC has published. It's it's real fun. Um, Great. And then, yeah. uh, you know, the, the next time, uh, you know. Because the the ends with with him going, yeah, it's probably pretty hard to bring down Lex, right? It's like, yeah. yes, very hard. Superman's been trying for like eighty years. Eighty years. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, again, tying into the Superman stuff, it all feels kind of contained. If this even is full on continuity, I can see them doing some screwy stuff. But I I laughed really hard about him with the the, the tinfoil wrapper uh, chain yeah. that he's got. Oh, for the door, because it looks like a... So, you know, he's in Gotham, and, you know, we've seen his apartment. It it looks completely haggard. And then Lois comes in, and she kind of kicks down the door. And he goes, oh, Lois, come on. I just thought to bring you chain. Yeah, he's like, my chain. She's like, wait, is that the bit of paper? You can just see it taped onto the wall, and it's just the show. And he's like, yeah, because foil's the only thing that looks metal enough to look like a real chain. Because yeah. he can't afford one, so I thought that was a bit of fun humor there too. Was, yeah. Whew. But yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Sorry, Pete. Well, I just I, like those amusing bits here or there. I just I don't know. I think it will probably read better in in trades when you can just binge yeah. it because. Well, I I like the out of order nature of it, where it's piecing things together. Yeah, this is actually one of the few books I think reads really well monthly, as opposed to in trade. Um, uh, Pete's there might read better when it flows, but for me, the fact that each segment just kind of plays off something else in the book and just, you know, it hints at things and we're yeah. jumping around, 
it works really well monthly because of that format for me yeah. because I don't feel like I need to remember every detail because it really naturally reminds me of things by jumping through all these segments. Yeah, I, I feel the complete opposite. Uh, for me, this is like I've enjoyed each issue less than the last one because uh, like everything I get excited about with the next issue being ends up not being what most of the next issue is. And I think this would be fine if I was reading it all in one go because it would just be an order story that's happening. Um, but yeah, there's several segments in this where I was just kind of like, eh, you could have cut that segment. <laughs> you could have cut this yeah, segment. Yeah, there's, there's not a single segment I thought about. <laughs> uh, so it's just not for me. You guys can keep reading it, enjoy it, and yeah. do, do what you want to do. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm done. I, it's, it's, you know, this is a six out of ten for me. This issue. Um, wow. What are you giving it, Matt? This is an 8.5. I, I enjoyed a lot of this. Connor? Yeah, I'm going to add 9. I loved it. See, I, I, I don't get it. It's fine. You know, you guys knock yourselves out. Uh, that'll take us on to Lex Luthor, You're the Villain, Issue 1, Jason Latour and Brian Hitch rating. Uh, can I just point out that just how happy Matt probably is that we had a Supergirl or Jimmy Olsen and a Lex Luthor one shot back to back? Like, that's... Mm-hmm. And then Superman coming was this... up, Matt, this Yeah, week. Superman was this week huh? as well, so... That's four oh, super family books. Just Everything's coming up, Millhouse. Yeah, apparently. Uh, so Matt read this. No one else did. Uh, <laughs> but Matt's going to tell us about it. You yeah, should. Um, so basically the, the plot of this is on the cover is one Lex to kill them all. And this is a, you know, Apex Lex touring the multiverse to... Oh, there goes Pete. Bye, Pete. Uh, what an inconsiderate dick bag. Yeah, right. Who, who would so, do that while people are talking about books? Yeah, right? Definitely not Connor. I've never once done that. So, Lex is, is, he has access to the multiverse now because of Perpetua. She's clearly back. She created the multiverse. He can come and go as he sees. And this, it opens up on Earth 38. So, I have my little, you know, list of of Earths, right? Well, it's all very classic. And so, Earth 38, according to this from the Multiversity Guidebook, is... Real-time Earth, where Batman and Superman debuted in the 30s. As a, as in Superman, Batman generations, their descendants are today's heroes. So this is back in the past. This looks like the 40s. Uh, they're in Smallville, and Superboy is judging a uh, like a science fair. And Lex isn't there to, to present his his experiment. Uh, and, you, get, you know, you get Lana's there, and... Um, uh, and Pete Ross, but it jumps to Luther's house, and he's there with his alcoholic dad, which I think is funny that we brought up under the last book, as Pete's dying. It sounds like. Um, and actually, Matt, the audience didn't up? hear that. My mic was muted for them in the recording. So uh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, only because he wanted to eat, though, not because of he was going to yeah. cut. I'm munching some yeah. Pringles, all right. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I didn't read this book. I can just listen to Matt. It's fine. So, so. Basically, you, it jumps to, you know, alcoholic dad who's talking about, you know, in the absence of such men that has caused this world to lapse. So he's, he's you know, lecturing the scared Lex, um, who's basically his science project was he has solved unified field theory. And mind you, this is a set in the, you know, in the 40s. So this Lex is definitely a genius. But, you know, he shows up and um, Apex Lex shows up as... You know, as we know, you know, suit and tie Lex. Uh, that's the form he gives to this younger version. But basically, he shows it um, that Lex's dad, Lionel's going to die from his alcoholism, and that 
you know, you need to be more than this. Don't don't look at this man. Look at me. And he gives him a vision of, of what's to come. And we see Perpetua and all of the, the, the villains. You have Batman who laughs there, which I thought, come on. This, it would have been nice to not have to deal with that. But Cheetah and Captain Cold, Bizarro's there, weirdly. Um, and Apex Lex incinerates Lionel in this timeline. And then that leaves us Lex, young Lex to go with him. So then they, they jump to Earth-45, which is now the future, because that was the past. And Earth-45 is the Earth of Super Doom, which was from, multi, from um, not Multiversity, but... Morrison's after comics, right? Where this concept of Superman, you know, that was bred for human, uh, like, like not human consumption, but like for through consumerism, right? Yes, it goes haywire, right? And uh, it was basically a killer franchise. This world has been completely destroyed, and and LexCorp and Wayne Tech are the rival heroes, right? And so um, the Batman in this world basically. Uh, quarantined the Earth into the Phantom Zone, and um, because Lex enabled himself to become like a Doomsday type to kill the Super Doom, and we go there and see that Lex is almost there to recruit another Lex, not to kill. And it jumps; he jumps to Earth thirty two in the future. This is a world where heroes are merged. So here, Superman's merged with Martian Manhunter, and Batman is Lex Luthor. He has a butler named Fred, which I'm sure is short for Alfred. And this uh, Superman, Martian Manhunter, and Lex Luthor are best friends. Superman's talking, or Superman Manhunter. Superman Hunter. That's got to be his name, right? Um, it's basically saying that Lex gave him this, this crown that's represents Rao, the Kryptonian deity, and that him being a Kryptonian, or he's a he's a, man, a Martian that was brought up with Kryptonian um, like heritage, um, has completely changed this world for the better with the help of Batman, who's Lex Luthor, and they show up, uh, the, the young Luthor and Apex Lex, to defeat him, but... Uh, Bat Luther is completely prepared for this and is like, oh, you're, you're here to kill me. We're, we're not going to have this. But he he realizes that this was all just a, a deception that Luther put him in a, or Apex Lex put him in a no-win scenario. So you either can stay here and, and figure out what's going on with me, or you can go and save your Superman. Um, because we see that he's brought the Luther Doomsday from the last Earth to fight and kill this Superman. Um, and it's just to prove that there can only be one Luther, and it ain't going to be you, so I'm going to fight you the best way I know. And that his doom's assured. So he leaves, you know, Bat Luther to deal with this, and it jumps to Earth-1, which is the future, and someone's talking about Black Mercy, and we all know what Black Mercy is. It's, you know, it's that plant that gives you your heart's desire. It's a parasitic. It's, it's going to feed off of your thoughts and feelings. And I'm guessing, because this is Earth-1, this is Perry White, because it's a newsroom. Or it's a Superman. I don't know. I've never read Earth-1, so I don't know who this is supposed to be. Um, but they're talking about how Lex basically, you know, 
Luther used the Black Mercy on Superman. He dreamed a life on Krypton, a family of purpose, a world where he was no longer alone. And then Lex woke up Superman, and all those 8 billion people of that Krypton disappeared. And then when Superman's eyes opened, Lex was smiling. So I don't know if that's something that happened in Earth-1, since I, I read this. And it's basically like, it shows Lex in a coma. Uh, so this, the Apex Lex and Young Lex go to visit him, but it seems like this Lex knows what's going on. And there's a slight smile. Um, but they keep reality hopping. And the whole point of this is to show Young Lex all the different Luthers there are and how they're different on each world. They go to Earth-50, which I'm going to cross-reference here, is from the Justice Lords where Lex was president, which that's from the episode of, of Justice League, was it Unlimited? Where where Luther had killed the Flash, and then so the Justice Society rose up, became authoritarian and all that. They jump to Earth-44, where Lex has become like a, a cobbler, and they kill him there, like he's a shoemaker. And Apex Lex gets really pissed, because like, you're wasting your talents on shoes, and makes, uh, makes younger Lex kill him. But he's like, well, you know, what? how'd this happen? And he goes, Mom wanted me to go to med school, but I took up the theremin. I don't know what else would you want me to say. Your choices have consequences. And it shows Young Lex killing him. And they keep jumping. They go to Earth-13, which is the magic Earth. They kill the Lex there. And then they end up on this weird, weird Earth. It's Earth-47, which it says always then. And it's this Lex who looks very like he belongs in today, where he's he's bald, but he has this big, bushy, red beard right like very much of the trends now but everything around him's like like mid-century modern architecture so i look up earth 47 not familiar with it at all and this is the home of characters that first appeared in animal man like sunshine superman speed freak magic lantern the love syndicate of the dream world so it's basically morrison's drug world like this is the counterculture world of of the multiverse and what this Lex has done, he's taken the Black Mercy and he's made like a, a tea out of it. And when he drinks that tea, it sends him to these other worlds where he's a hero on everyone. And it's almost as if it's taking him to these worlds. So you see him as, you know, in this, the, the, the Superman suit that we saw at the end of New 52 and into Rebirth. And they have him as Hawkman and they have him as Flash and Luther and with the Justice Riders. Um, or as Brainiac, I should say, not Luther, and as Orion. And it, I almost feel like, like, uh, I just blanked on the writer, Latour. Latour's almost saying, like, there's a, a, a complete opposite to the dark multiverse, but it's not quite the multiverse. Because if, if this Lex can go to all these different worlds through drinking the Black Mercy tea, it's not just the... Because he doesn't believe that it's it's just the um, the hallucinations from this that he's been transported to countless realities, lived countless lives, and had countless second chances. And I wish I could tell you I used them all well. So I, I don't know, you know, if there's just infinite Lexes and Lex can never just be the one, right? Because as long as there's thought and imagination, that'll never be by himself. But you know. He knows why he's there. He's put it together because he's, you know, that he's there to be the only Lex and that he knows the truth that he gave up on being human. He can tell he's part Martian. He's not Lex Luthor anymore. He's something beyond that. So younger Lex kills him. And then 
he looks up and younger Lex looks up and says, they're all wrong. No more rivals to cage or reduce him to decay Luther's potential. There's only one other path. There's only Luther, right? And it almost looks like Lex is going to kill him. Like he goes for his head and he's going to twist it off, right? And you're like, oh, it's not going to go that dark. But no, he gives him like an apocalypse suit, right? To, um, to, and they fly off, right? And I'm like, how, how could he do that? And then it cuts to Lex back on his ship, Apex Lex. And he's got this young Lex Luthor, but he's got Black Mercy connected to him. So it makes me wonder if all of this was just a Black Mercy. That would make sense. Because if he just, oh, he just randomly got a suit and flew off with Lex after saying there can only be one. Right. And then the very last panel, it says Lex Luthor, human DNA backup 1.0. Oh, so. So he took. A, a human version of himself instilled this version of doom already in him that if anything happens to apex lex he's got a backup. he has this backup but it also gives us an easy way to revert him back to standard lex at some right. point right Interesting. so and, and again this is latour and it's hitch on art the art's fantastic like this he's he's at hawkman levels and the more i read this and the more i checked out the other earths and you guys all know i'm a continuity wonk and a you know, yeah. multi, multiverse stuff. And how they all fit, yeah, right. And they all fit together. And the whole message of this of Lex Luthor was, is Lex still even Lex anymore? Because he sold out, not sold out to Doom, but he he embraced Doom, and he changed who he was, even on the genetic level. But this issue right here shows that he's aware of this, and of course, Lex has a backup. Mm. And and it also makes me wonder if he did go to all these different Earths, right? If because of Perpetua, or if this is just something that he's manipulating in young Lex through, you know, through the Black Mercy. But once the Black Mercy started showing up, I was like, this this is weird. Um, but the Earth forty seven stuff with with that Lex, I thought that's really where the book hits its stride, because it's this like perfect Earth where uh, they he takes him out to his garden, but everything. It's a it's a forest, and young Lex is like, how wait, how can a forest be a garden? And the Luther on that is like, well, it is if you know how to cultivate what you want. And so there there's just these messages in there that maybe, maybe also Lex isn't full gone into doom, and maybe this isn't the answer. Uh, but yeah, no, I, these these one shots are are all really solid, so far. I, I've enjoyed them all to varying degrees. And it's weird that neither me or Connor have bothered reading any of them so far. <laughs> I know. I'll be honest. I had planned to read this, and then just forgot it existed when I came mm-hmm. to read my books. Mm. I forgot just, about it till this morning. I went just, through, and it was sitting there, and I went, "Oh yeah, I got to read this." So. Yeah, I went to pick my books on Comicsology this morning, for, you know, and then mm-hmm. just didn't even think to check for this one. Just didn't even cross my mind that yeah. it existed. So. Uh, I'm rating this. I'm going to give this a 9.5. I really enjoyed this issue. Whoa. Just, you know, yeah, Whoa. the art, the art's up there. It's Hitch. Like, you know, we, we weren't big fans of Hitch, and then all of a sudden he gets on Hawkman. I don't know if something changed. I don't know if he got more inspired or or what. They're just pairing him with the right writers. But I thought this issue was really strong. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, 
that'll take us on to the Patreon books for the week. So, yeah, just to explain this again, uh, on patreon.com slash TV, there are some of the higher tiers where you can uh, make me or Connor read a book of your choosing. And Connor has been tasked with Red Hood Outlaw, issue 36 in this sense. He's a couple of months behind the actual ongoing book. Uh, but uh, patron David just keeps keeps making him continue. Uh, so this is issue 36 by Scott Lobdell and Pete Woods. Connor, do fill us in with your joy. Just double checking it is Pete Woods. It is, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I remember you asked me at the start, and I went, yeah, I think it was, but I never actually checked. Um, yeah, so this opens where we left off last time with uh, Jason getting back into his office and Penguin's been let out and he's there and he's pointing a gun. Turns out he's uh, lost his, some of his memory because, so if you if you recall, which you might actually recall this instance because it was one of the bigger instances that could have had ripple effects across the, the other books, uh, Red Hood shot Penguin in the face right through the monocle. Okay. Um, so it turns out, well, well, it reveals later in this issue that he used a blank, and but the blank it was still point you know obviously it was point blank his face, so it still smashed the monocle and pushed some of the glass into his brain, which apparently was all part of his plan, which oh, yeah geez. yeah um, <laughs> here you go um, uh, you know since I shot Cobblepot with a blank. The shrapnel careened off his monocle, but managed to drive glass shards into his brain, like I knew it would. What? what? <sighs> Piss off. Um, but so it turns out, obviously, because of this, Cobblepot has forgotten that Jason Todd is Red Hood. And at first, he's really disappointed about this. He's like, oh, man, wait, wait, I was wait, wait, for a good cop. This was targeted amnesia? Like, he intended to make him... No, no, no. He didn't intend for the amnesia. He just intended to take him out, but not kill him. But, yeah. I don't know. Shards I, I... of glass getting in your brain sounds like it might kill you. Like, this was not a foolproof plan. I agree. Like, I agree. Because Wingman's there. He's like, so you never intended to kill him? And he's like, oh, he was never going to get off that easy. I just needed him off the table while I reset the board here in yeah. Gotham. For more on getting off easy, uh, go and speak to Matt on his personal uh, uh, podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah, so Penguin's forgotten who he is. And as I said, Jason is pretty annoyed at this at first because he was looking forward to a big confrontation between them. And then he's like, eh probably a good thing that he doesn't realize that that jason todd you know bruce wayne's ward was was red hood and used to be robin because that might raise some questions and i'm like yeah no shit that's that's why this is the most awkward way of writing out of this that you could possibly have um but basically bunker shows up and attacks uh jason instead he turns on him because he's like hey what the hell you had Penguin locked up here, starving and dehydrating and completely alone, and I thought you were better than this. You're just, you know, you're an immoral douche. And he's like, I'm not working for you anymore. And he pisses off after he frees Penguin. So that's the end of Bunker in the book for now, I assume. Oh, um, and Jason uh, gives the, the iceberg to Susie and the other sisters. Like, hey, you know, this is all yours. I'm off. And then... Uh, that's it. Yeah, he leaves the dog with Isabel, which was the the woman that he was sort of dating that was apparently back in the New 52 run that I don't recall. But he leaves his dog that 
just a reminder, is called Dog because he has no imagination um, with her. Um, he's off and, you know, okay, Iceberg Lounge mob boss kind of Jason is over with, it seems. Uh, we're back to Outlaw. I don't know. Um, but on his way out, Lex shows up because it's, it's a Year of the Villain tie-in. So not Lex, but the Lex bot. It's one of those with the past two with the last two yeah. pages. Mm-hmm. Um, which, as much as I give this book shit, far from the only one that has this problem. But uh, you know, Lex shows up and is like, "Oh, you know, you, know, you you did pretty good, but everything you learn on a Batman, you know, that so-called hero, and you still died, and then you became a villain pretending to be a hero, and later a hero pretending to be a villain, and well, look at all this shit that you're just doing. You're just confused. The future needs doom." It needs a new generation with like with people like your talents. I'm offering you the chance to get it right. Where Batman got it wrong, and it's just like I'm listening. And that's it. Yeah, I feel like if there's anybody that should be on that side, it is Jason, because his life would all be about doom. Yeah, I like, I like how this dates the issue exactly for how far like, behind Connor is, because it's like, oh yeah, that was two yeah. months ago we were making all those complaints about all those final pages. Mm-hmm. Oh, Connor's frozen. Uh-oh. Oh no, he's back. Oh, he's moved out moving again. No, oh. he's in slow motion. There he is. He's back. I think I think his video is behind his audio now, though. Okay, can you hear me? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. I got to the end of this and I was surprised. I was like, oh, I I, I guess this wasn't as far behind as I thought. Uh, yeah, you've got an annual. It still feels you, pretty recent. You've got an annual coming up that apparently David, who makes you read these, didn't even like that issue. So that's because he's not making me read the annual because he doesn't want me to get further behind. No, he, he is. No, no, no. No, he was looking forward to you reading the annual, so the annual might even be next. I, I have not seen him say that. David, please do confirm for us that the next thing you want Connor to read is the annual, uh, or if it's the issue after the next issue, then then let us know that too. But just confirm that you want Connor to read the annual as that. Until I'm book. told otherwise, I'm going to just assume the next issue is the next numbered issue. Even though that was never like what you've done before, you've done the annuals in the past. This is just bullshit wait, wait, to weasel well, your no, way no. out of it. I have done the annuals when specifically told to do the annuals, and oh, it it comes here. I don't know when this annual comes. It, it, for all I know, it could have come before this issue, and I've just skipped past it. David, what tweet, do I know? Tweet at DC Comics podcast specifying that he needs to read the annual. It's just not good enough. Thank you very much. Uh, are you reading it then, you weasel? I mean, I suppose it's a four because. <laughs> one of the less offensive issues because shit all happens in it. Um, yeah. That's a good sign when it's less offensive because nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. At least the king gets off scot free as well. He's running away, and and Jason's like, ah, that Euroblock cabal will be after him, so it's fine. Well then, that'll take us on to the final book that I'm going to be talking about this week, and it comes to me for my Patreon pick. Uh, this is the last I'll be doing of this particular run for a while, but this is X-Men number six. So yeah, you don't have to make me read that DC book, you can make us read uh, anything, really. Um, assuming it's, it's accessible on Comixology, because uh, otherwise it's just too much of a pain to track things down, but most things yeah. are. Uh, so X-Men six, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby. This is the issue with Namor in it. Na- Namor, Namor. What's, what's the consensus on this? Namor. I say Namor. Namor, yeah. okay. Right, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, so, 
Uh, I was. I think I was speculating last time if it was his first appearance. It is not because the issue actually no. references when he was. He was in Fantastic Four number twenty-seven, if nothing else, before this. Well, I that and... was in the the World War Two stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah, that's maybe right. Technically, his first. Yeah, because he was with the the uh, original the Human Torch, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Yeah. So he's actually yep, quite Union old. Jack and yeah, yeah, he's been around, you know. So, but, but this this is an important issue for. Namor, though, because it's it's monumental for a reason. I'm sure Pete will touch on. And if I don't, Matt will shame me yep. for not mentioning. I suppose, but uh, the issues start. This is the weird thing. I'm really getting the impression with these X Men issues uh, at this point, and this is true of all Silver Age stuff, really. But more than anything, because they keep fighting Magneto and his like uh, band of mutants, it's more and more. It feels like something like a kids' TV show at the Power Rangers, where every episode Rita Repulse has got a new plan. To try and take on the X Men, and they keep losing, but keep coming back for more every issue, and keep pretending like they're the best in the world, even though the clue keep getting defeated. But anyway, uh, so the issue starts with the team having breakfast or dinner or whatever, and oddly, uh, Professor X Turner says it was delicious meal, Gene. Uh, thanks for helping out on the cook's day off. It's like I was glad to do it, Professor. Uh, so. This is not the worst thing in the issue in terms of dated, uh, you know, yeah. sexist beats or whatever, but uh, I just thought I'd mention it. It seems like it's uh, uh, worth it. And then she gets really angry and slaps, uh, well, not slaps, tele- tele- telekinetically slaps cake out of out mm-hmm. of uh, Bobby's hands because he's eating it with his hands. It should be civilized. Is, is... How else do you eat cake? With a fork or spoon. <sighs> depends, yeah, depends, on, depends on the type of cake. It's cake covered in ice cream, to be fair. Last, uh, that's fine. Eh. <laughs> I'm eating with my hands. Come on now. Uh-huh. Depends how tall the cake is, how firm the cake. Because if, if it's like a really soft, fluffy cake that's just going to fall apart, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to use a spoon or a fork. If it's something that I can take a bite out of and it's going to retain its its mm. integrity, then yeah, sure. Well, this is this, this is, is the, this is the part where I really got to start to think about kids' TV shows. Because Professor X is reading about uh, Namor in the paper, and he's like, well, we must have to, you know, we have to go find him, because if Magneto gets the idea to try and make him join his team, then we're doomed, so, and then it comes to Magneto, who just right at the very moment goes, you know, I think we need to go find that submariner, we have to go find Namor, right, it just, it felt like such a kids TV thing, where both the hero team and the villain team get, get the idea at the same time, and then there's some hijinks, where Mastermind makes it look like Cyclops is there, so, Magneto grabs his big laser gun thing and blasts him with it, and it goes through the whole building, and it almost hits Quicksilver, and then it almost hits Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver has to like dive her out of the way, and then Magneto wants to like tear Mastermind a new one for for making him attack someone. But anyway, yeah. it's a whole thing. Um, so so another issue. Remember last issue, Magneto had like a, a space station. Yeah, asteroid M, but yeah. not. Yeah, this issue he's got an island. Uh, yeah, he does. How he keeps finding these new places that are so extravagant, I don't know. Uh, but he does this thing where he essentially leaves his body, like he's astral projecting, um, which is not something I associate with my Neo, but <laughs> as you do. Uh, the X-Men are training in the danger room. Uh, Professor X does his astral projection as well, although with him it is something I associate with Professor X because he's telepath- telepathic. Right. Um, and he catches Magneto on his way to uh, Atlantis and he's like, oh, I'm going to just sneak out of here and I'll, I'll let Magneto do all the work for us. And Magneto goes to speak to one of the henchmen and says, hey, give this message to Namor for me because 
if Namor leaves to join my team, you could take his place as the king of Atlantis. And he's like, oh, it's not a bad idea, actually. Um, so, sure enough, um, Professor X says we need to get a boat to go and find Magneto's uh, hideout. And it turns out that he basically... Yeah, he read in the paper about a a, a a ship having some problems with 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 its uh, compasses with with the magnetics, mm-hmm. and he kind of tracked it to this place. So he we literally turn the page and they have a giant ship, like an old fashioned ship with three big sails. Uh, where they're pulling these things out of, I don't know, but um, that's what that's what we're going with it. Um, so they've they've got like a TV camera with telekinesis like floating up ahead to try and catch things and. Some hijinks in shoe where people are falling, and you know Bobby has to catch some of the big snow pit and things like that. It's all, it's all you know, it's antics. It's just antics. Uh, Namor leaves Atlantis to go and see McNeil, uh, which he shows up and does. And at first, he's not really impressed with him, and then McNeil gets an idea. Uh, he's going to try and pimp out Scarlet Witch to. To, to entice him. He's like, oh, Scarlet Witch, you're exactly who I need. Once he sees, oh, sees, sees you, that'll be him. He'll be uh, on our side immediately. Um, and then when Scarlet Witch sees him, and obviously he's in his underwear, because Namor's always in his underwear, uh, he's like, oh, look how noble he looks. How slim yet muscular. He's fascinating. So she's, she's into him. Uh, but As then, the kids would say, she's thirsty. Yes, but then she accidentally loses her powers on him because she she goes to tap him on the shoulder, but her hand motion triggers her power, and she almost like electrocutes him because the the, the cables and the the thing they're standing on get hit and whatever. Um, it's a whole thing, um, and then Angel shows up because they found him, and then you know combat starts. Um, it's 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 you know it's, it's, it's what it is. Um, and but there's a whole every time Namor refers to Scarlet Witch, he simply refers to her as the female. It's like, oh look at this female! Like it, it is so weird and clunky, uh, indeed. Jeez, oh, the female. Uh, so Angel actually gets thrown back to the ship by Namor like a cannonball, and they have to try and like you know save him as he's landing on the way back. Um, and then the entire ship gets ripped in half with Magneto's big cannon from this giant magnet he's got because of course he does. The budget, the budget this man's eaten through with all of his doohickeys and, and bases is unreal, I tell you, unreal. So we eventually have like a, a nice uh, like ramp being built across the ocean for, for Professor X to like wheel across because he can't swim, obviously. It's a whole thing. Oh, jeez, I feel bad for laughing, but... <laughs> oh. Do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking of that episode of Parts and Rec where they've got the red carpet on the ice... And the song keeps playing. That, that, that was that's what I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah. So Quicksilver's running around, and you know all the rest of it. And what's weird is eventually uh, Namor turns his back on Magneto. He wasn't really aligned with them yet. He was just kind of fighting everyone. But then as soon as uh, Magneto shouts at Scarlet Witch because he's going to like blast the X Men, even though it's Quicksilver's there, he's like, "No, you can't. You'll hurt my brother." Uh, it's like, "Stop making. Stop your sniveling. I make the decisions around here. Uh, abide by them, or suffer the same fate yourself." And then Namor's like, uh, starts wrecking things. Like, I'm the submariner, and I ally, I, I ally myself with no one who speaks to a female as you do. Oh, so he still has honor. He still has honor. Um, but yes, I, I can say really weird dialogue. Uh, 
But sure enough, fighting ensues, Toad gets in on it, there's blasting back and forth, it, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, the X-Men, like, try to, like, talk over it. Um, you know, Scarlet Witch is demanding the, the, the hand over Quicksilver, but obviously they've not actually, like, killed him or anything like that. These, Professor X has just got him in a daze, uh, and he lets him out, lets him go. Um, and the, the team are, you know, Professor X is basically, okay, clearly Magneto has something on them. There's a reason why they're being loyal, because they seem like decent mutants. Uh, otherwise and again we know they end up being good guys so clearly we're going down that path yeah uh but namor's like you know what sod this i want nothing to do with any of this um he even says not since i lost my heart to sue storm <laughs> have i seen such yeah. a beauty as the scarlet witch but i dare not love another surface female i dare not become vulnerable again and he basically says i will never align with mutants or humans i will i am honorable only to atlantis and he runs back off into the ocean. Not before, of course, he actually... He gets like caught in a tractor beam by Magneto off his big magnet. And he just resists it so much that the entire thing explodes. And then he swims off into the ocean. Um, and Professor X, no, this is a win. As long as Namor's not, not with uh, the others, uh, it's a win. So, mm-hmm. that's his thing. Uh, uh, the only other thing I want to point out here is that as they're running away, the villains get into... Um, what is it he calls it? Silas, uh, no one escapes when he oh he merely escaped with Avengers Toad uh, into the Magno ship. <laughs> <laughs> the Magno ship. Oh jeez. And that is the end of X Men issue six. What a ride! I mean, I have fun reading it. There's some fun stuff in there. It is definitely a long winded because of the Silver Age style of writing, but um, and there are there was definitely a few dated things in this. Every time Namor spoke about Scarlet Witch, it felt like ugh. You know, having her start off with cooking for everyone and the way they were kind of talking about it. I just, I don't know. There's definitely those dated elements. Of a female. But it definitely comes across uh. like a kids TV show from the 90s where the villains just keep trying things every issue or every episode and it's just like they always lose. Um, it's, it's that kids TV mentality of just they're constantly trying new plots and schemes and never succeeding. Uh, so it's a bit formulaic in that sense. But there are some... Uh, little things. They're clearly building up to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver leaving Magneto. Uh, something which I think actually gets more involved in, obviously, Avengers, because that's where they really became their own thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Not a bad issue, so. <laughs> X-Men issue 6, I give it a 7.5 out of 10. Wow. For banter and anarchy and antics. Uh, but that was the last book of the week, which means we are going to talk about our favourite stuff of the week. This is our favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books of the week, as we do every single uh, episode, uh, more or less. So, uh, best moment slash panel of the week, Matt, what you got? Uh, it's, it's when John yells out at Unity Day. You get the whole splash of everyone. It's a single page. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, looks really good. Carl, what you got? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the the three panel sequence from uh, Jimmy Olsen with the uh, the assassination oh, decoy. Oh mm. no, no, the the uh, with uh, it's, it's where from where Metamorpho lifts up the, the yeah. blinds in front of the window <laughs> to be like, oh, I don't, you know, now that you think about it, and then gunshots. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm actually going with Superman as well, but I'm going with Superman. I'm going with uh, Jor El saying he did it. He he brought the universe together. That's a good one too. Uh, that was a great moment. So, uh, best cover of the week. Uh, 
I was uh, not sure what to go with this week, but I think I've landed on the Batman variant by Clayman. I think I'll go with that. Uh, what you got, Connor? It's decent. Um, uh, uh, sorry, Matt. We a bit eager. No, there. no. I just want to see what it looks like. Yeah, it looks good. It's all purpley. It's nice. It's actually because I, I was just looking through them and I pulled out like a bunch, and I that was like my fifth favorite. Which <laughs> says a lot about how many covers I like. Is it because it's a good cover still? Um. I'm actually gonna go with the the regular uh, Jimmy Olsen cover, uh, you know, all, the all white with the the text yeah, and you know, yeah, it's really stylized and I like it. it stands out. Mm. Huh? Yeah, I I like the the Jimmy Olsen variant, but uh, I didn't see the Superman variant till today. My shop didn't get any of those in, and it's definitely the Superman uh, Adam Hughes variant. He's breaking through a wall. Yeah, he's breaking through a wall. Bad guys have uh, Lois, it looks like. But she's just oh, got a smile on her face. Yeah, I really yeah. like it. Uh, it's a nice image. Uh, irrelevant to the issue, of course. Or, or variants often are, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's but it's just the look of confidence on Lois's face. That, I, I, that I just I point it out problem. there because Lois isn't even in the book. <laughs> Which is why no. it's particularly yeah. egregious. So, some great covers, are they? The uh, Aquaman mm-hmm. variant, another Middleton. It's always great. Yeah. Uh, there's a Koipel uh, Justice League variant, which is pretty nice. Yep. And yep. the Supergirl variant, which I would have sworn was Art Gem. I actually, it's not. It's not. No, no. no. And I actually think I can tell. I think the body proportions are a little bit weird. I don't. I'm looking at it now. No, I do. I, I think her boobs look oddly kind of upwards pointing. It's kind of a weird shape to me. No, because her back's arched, so she's pointing out. Yeah, but it's like it's sort of also angling towards the front. It just it feels wrong to me. It looks off. Oh, fair enough. I feel like she is twisting the top half of her body though, and you can see that in the in the dress uh, skirt. Nah, it looks separate. The, well, the, the, the way the S is facing us feels unnatural to me. Um, so no, I have to I have to write that one off because it, look, it looks something weirds going on. But uh, yeah, so um, best start of the week then, Matt. Ooh, this one's this one's kind of tough. Clay Man was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked Reese a lot. Supergirl was decent. Justice League, but I think I'm gonna give it to Lex Luthor. The hitch art in that one is really good. Just barely edges out Clay Man. Yeah, I think I have to go with uh, Batman myself. I think I have to go with Clay Man. Um, Supergirl really, Aquaman really, but everything had their faults. Even even. Man had his faults in Batman, but I think the more memorable like art for me this week was his sort of splash pages and his yeah. sunsets and moonlights and all that stuff. Uh, Connor, uh, I'm going to be a self parody at this point because uh, I'm I'm going with Jimmy Olsen uh, again. I think Lieber's stuff is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, top five books of the week, Matt. Number one is Superman. Number two is You're the Villain, Luther. Three is Jimmy, I think. Yeah, Jimmy, and then Batman, and then Supergirl? Sure. We'll go Supergirl. I can't remember my ratings all the way. So. <laughs> They're all about the same anyways. Caught I wish it was. Um, unsurprisingly, my number one is Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This actually gets a little bit interesting here for me between two and three because it's it's Aquaman or Justice League, and I think I rated them both the same, maybe. Uh, but um, 
Like Aquaman has that whole section that pulls it down, whereas Justice League it doesn't quite hit the same heights that the Aquaman does this issue. Um, I think I'll edge it to Justice League for being slightly more consistent, and then Aquaman at three. Yeah. Is that? It? Yeah. You read more mm-hmm. stuff than that. Oh, I suppose technically I read Batman, but I forgot to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, that's all I read, though. I only read four. You read four books this week? All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I will go with Superman at number one, Aquaman at number two. I think Batman at number three. Supergirl at number four, Just League at number five. Yeah. There we go. That's my That's my picks. Um, as Connor's seething over there that Jimmy Olsen's been left off. To be honest, I wasn't even listening to what your picks were. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, did, I genuinely wasn't paying attention enough to even notice that it was left off. <laughs> Bloody typical. Uh, but that has been uh, our picks. Um, did not ask anyone on Twitter. It may have slipped my mind to... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he remembered to make a jab about it being Matt's favourite day of the year. <laughs> but forgot to ask. Yeah, but that was like 20 minutes before we were supposed to start recording, so I thought it's too late to ask now. I'll just make my joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just, just crack my joke about Batman Day. Uh, Speaking of Batman Day... Yeah, we're going to do a little section here about Batman Day, or more specifically talking about the potential new writers of Batman. Uh, and then I actually want to just briefly mention something else as well, actually, after that. Uh, which I should have done at the start, but I forgot about it. Uh, so, um, what a terrible person, Matt. <laughs> are you excited by the prospect? If it is James Tyne and writing Batman, even mm-hmm. if it is just for you know the next fifteen issues, mm-hmm. are you? Which because we're going to single shipping, so it would be a year or so of him on the book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it going to go single shipping as soon as he takes over? January is what they've always been saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Unless they've changed their minds. Everything's supposed to be going single in January. Yeah, because I also heard that if Tinian takes over, he does that, and then they're going to relaunch like they did Superman. It's just been confirmed. Oh. Is it? Yep, in oh, the past good look. Like half hour or so. There we go. News, breaking news. It was uh, announced at that Barnes & Noble signing. Uh, yeah. Didio was there and announced uh, that, that Tynan is taking over. Do you know uh, what? <laughs> obviously, didn't, uh, didn't the other bit that is speculation that we're talking about as to up to 100. But um, he is taking over from 86, which is January. Do you know what? This is both good and bad. It's, it's, a double, it's, yes. kind, of like, it's kind of like Tomasio on Detective, although that ended up being much worse because we ended up all dropping mm-hmm. it. But... It's a double-edged sword in that, okay, he's solid, he'll probably do a good job, and it's maybe going to be more of a solo Batman thing compared to his detective run, but it's also less exciting because he's already done some Batman before. Like, it's almost, you know... I'm actually quite excited because it is a solo Batman, and, and Detective, well, Batman was there, don't be wrong, it was a part of that book, but it was it was such a team book that I'm really intrigued mm. to see what he does on a Batman run as opposed to a, 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 a team detective book run. You know, I think it'd be very different. Um, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I'm quite yeah. excited by that. Okay, well, I don't speculate that much anymore then, because uh, um, yeah, yeah, that news isn't—it's not even being picked up by the site yet. It's it's being tweeted about. There's pictures of it. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying, like the when I I googled it, it's nothing's coming up thus it's far. Quite, so. It's quite Saturday, and they're all slacking. They're, yeah, no one's in Pretty the office. So. And now, now the dilemma is: do I stop getting it physically? 
Where do I want it for the tin and tin and stuff? Well, I mean, yeah. if I'm going to relaunch it after a hundred, you might as well yeah. go to a hundred and have the full run. Yeah, that's ah, those guys. So that's that's the 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 rumor that the certain site is reporting is that he'll be going up to a hundred and doing the one hundredth issue mm-hmm. special, which will be setting up the new Batman who will be under the cowl. Yeah. I like the idea of going to a new Batman and having a new writer, uh, as long as you know, as long as it's not someone stupid and it's not written by someone like Dell. Yeah, yeah. Because um, because they, um... they're saying that that the the new Batman is going to be a, a black man is what the, yeah. the rumor is saying, and they actually made a point of saying Bendis is actually actively not writing this one because I know you know uh, he has he has a reputation for for introducing that, those characters and yeah, doing he... that. Uh, so they're they're making a point of saying Bendis is. Well, that's interesting. So so it's going to be a. <sighs> Who could it be then? Like, assuming it's going to be another character so, we already know. So, well, if it's, I heard that it was going to be someone we know, uh, and that my first was to go to Luke Fox. We haven't seen him in forever. Yeah, but he would that was... be exciting? I've yeah, and it's the same about like Duke, right? Been, is, that, is that exciting? He's, if it's Duke, I'm done. Like that's it. I'm not even kidding. I, I feel I like, like I feel like someone like Black Lightning would be far more interesting. I, no, but I that, think Black Lightning is a valid choice, given, especially given their current relationship going yeah. on yep. in uh, Outsiders. Yeah, current. See what you did there. And I'm not, and, I, and I'm not against the idea that you know, if it is Black Lightning, say, so, I, I mean, maybe on the one hand, may, maybe he loses his powers, and that's why he all in part chose to do it. But mm-hmm. I'm not against the idea of like Black Lightning becoming the Batman and still using his powers. Like I'm not against that as an idea. Yeah. Like, no, sure. no, that was just, yeah. Um, it, it that was akin to like uh, when when uh, and Bendis is Daredevil, when Matt stopped being Daredevil and Iron Fist took over, right? And he saw Daredevil with the Iron Fist chi. That was pretty cool. I think honestly, uh, I think I would prefer. Uh, first of all, Duke's too too young, I think, to be Batman anyway. So I don't think it would be him. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I think I would prefer um, a new character. To be honest, I, I think I'd prefer that if in if in Tynan's run he introduces someone who's built up over fifteen issues. I think I'd prefer that. It's like someone from well, scratch who's... That could well be what they do. Yeah. That That's what made me think, though, of, of Luke Fox. The last time we've seen him was in Detective. And he was brought on to be this, you know... Tyner does know, like him. He does. So if I he builds him up again... Sure, he's not a, a brand new character. The other one was the Batwing. The other one I heard was the, the Batwing from New 52. Uh, sure. But we literally have not seen him... Since I Luke Fox right. is just such an uninteresting choice for me. I don't no, no. agree, but I'm I, willing to I see like what Tannen does. I'd rather someone new. I think I think if they introduce someone new, in, in the same way that John Stewart was kind of introduced in Green Lantern mm-hmm. before he became Green Lantern, you know, Hal was still the Green Lantern for, for some time. Yeah. And it was like, no, we're introducing someone who's going to be come the it's, new. It's why I actually think yeah, Black Lightning would be a good choice because obviously yeah. he's been around a lot longer in this context. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but in the sense of okay, we're introducing him. He's in the Outsiders. He's pairing off with Batman. They've kind of oh. got a, men- a mentor relationship going on. And obviously, this wouldn't be the official name of the book, but you could totally we could we could dub it the era of Bat Lightning. I was just gonna say Bat that, yeah. Lightning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but no, I like like that's I like that one. Those are my top two in the clubhouse right now. And um, our, just, our just Luke and Black right around a touch. I know Matt was a little disappointed earlier that. That, yeah. uh, our Lord and Savior Tom Taylor isn't writing the new Batman. Yeah, but I mean, he could be on the new issue one. Yeah, he could be one hundred onwards. Yeah, or one hundred one onwards, or just yes. one onwards. You but, know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, he seems to be doubling down on his Suicide Squad taking preference. Yeah, but this would be another, this would be another year away. Yeah, like, yeah this will be about yeah. June or July of twenty twenty one. Yeah. No, it'll be more so. like March. 
March, April. Really? Starts in January and it'll be fifteen issues. Yeah, twelve is a year. No, no, I was just I was thinking of I'm thinking it was gonna be slightly longer for some so reason. So Connor was wrong. Let's just let's yeah. just take a what what it, for what it was. So so yeah. do we wanna still guess what the thing have we seen the thing that King wanted to do and had to go get, you know, permission? Has that happened yet? I don't it think it's happened yet. It, I mean, unless the Alfred thing sticks, happen? but I, I, I'll think the Alfred yeah. thing is stick. I think the Alfred thing is a cop out. I think it's a, a red herring. Probably. I, I did see him posting something on Instagram, uh, you know, saying, "Oh, hey, you know, getting back to that stuff with the button." Mm-hmm. Well, my my mm-hmm. guess would be this: if we're getting a new Batman with with number one, with one hundred one, I'm just gonna call, I'm going to call it one hundred one, even if it's renumbered. I'm just going to call it one hundred one for the sake right. of the context of where we are. Yeah. If we get a new Batman with 101, I have to imagine the thing that changes Batman forever is the reason why we're getting a new Batman. So I would actually almost go back to the idea of him just retiring with Catwoman again and being married. Which, do you know the only thing there. that makes that feel off to me now is, okay, well, that's happening in a side book. You know, the main book is still going to have Batman doing shit for 15 issues under Tynan. Sure, that's true. The, the, if that yeah. had happened in issue, you know, hypothetically issue 100 of Batman and then issue 1... Or 101 is okay well, new batman that makes perfect sense doing it in this side book but while batman's still going on and not everyone's going to be reading batman catwoman because unless yeah unless the, unless the side book is about like him and catwoman setting this up but it's known from the start that that's what's going to happen so batman is effectively about him finding his replacement knowing that you know that's where it's it going it could be we'll, we'll obviously we'll hear more about this over the next couple yeah. of months because yeah, we we haven't obviously hadn't even had the solicit yet. That'll come next month. We'll get at least a bit more information then, and then we'll get interviews close to the time. I'm sure. Yeah. So, no. Um, yeah, I, I, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm optimistic because I, I think Tan's a really solid writer, if nothing else. And I'm I'm intrigued to see what he does on a solo bat book because he's been on team stuff for a while now. Uh, yep. To detective comics, Justice League Dark, Justice League. I, I think uh, I like he's he has has run you know even if it is just a short fifteen issue thing like yeah me too. Um, that said, issue one hundred I expect won't just be him. I feel like issue one hundred will probably have a lot of specials and backups. I uh, I suspect it will also have whoever the new writer is will have a little story at the yeah, end. Yeah yeah. It won't be maybe quite as big as one of the one thousandths, but it'll be kind of like a. It'll be at least because obviously all the you know the twenty five fifty and seventy five has all been bigger. It'll be at the very least on par with those. I think it'll be bigger than bigger. that, but not one thousandth issue level. Thinking about fifty pages. I'm I'm thinking like yeah, seven, eight dollar fifty, yeah. sixty pages. That's what that's my guess. Fresh one hundred. Seems pretty reasonable. That's my guess. But hey. Uh so then the other thing I just wanted to briefly mention, this is that diving into T V stuff. I think people will be upset if I don't bring up the Tom Welling news for the crossover. Oh, yes. And, and Erica Durant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so excited. Who, who, to be fair, has already been in Supergirl, so it's not even as that Laura. much of a shock. But yeah, uh, she's confirmed. Yeah, she's yeah. confirmed that she's yeah. joining on as Lois, um, which means we have officially have three Supermen in the the show between Brandon Ruth, uh, oh, what's the Tyler Horchlin and uh, yeah. and uh, now Tom, Tom Welling. Tom Welling. And um, like, like I know, Pete is not a huge fan of Smallville. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I, I have a soft spot for That's it for them reasons, mildly. but it's not good. But right? absolutely, this is the right choice to get them involved on this on this yeah. level of thing, and and, and have them there and have that 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 legacy is is kind uh, of you know, what I we see... love about DC, right? Yep, I want to I want to see him playing off of Melissa's Supergirl. And that's yeah. it. 
Do, it's, do it's, you yeah. think they'll actually put him in the suit this time, the coward, since they never yes. did it on the actual show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be a line about it. Like, oh, you look good in that. Oh, uh, sure. In a suit? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? joke, yeah. Because and for those of us who are going, and for anyone who wants to argue he was in the suit in the finale episode, no, no, no. There was wide shots of a CG character in a suit. Every shot of him was a close-up of the face. You never I, saw him in the I suit. Still haven't, I still haven't seen that. Really? So, yeah. Well, Matt's yeah, got yeah, yeah. Hey, Matt, I will oh, say this. No. Smallville is a garbage show, right? And it gets worse and worse yeah. as it goes on. I will say this. The final scene is exactly the scene that it should have ended with. Unfortunately, everything right. up until it is terrible. <laughs> Yeah. I rage quit in the eighth season when we had Jimmy Olsen's secret agent and the <laughs> Tuesday BS. Did you miss the blue, the blue and gold stuff? Yeah, I didn't see any of the Justice oh. Society things. So you missed all the, uh, the genuinely good stuff yeah. out of those last couple of seasons. There is a couple oh, of yeah. bits. I, I rage quit. I was like, this show has gotten way worse. Like, even for my standard. And I, I like mm-hmm. early Smallville seasons. I stand up for seasons three through five. As like good Superman because we didn't have good Superman in the comics at that point, you know it was decent, but I, like, that's where I got my fix. So I, I'm on record as it's not a good show. No, but, no, but I, I, I kind of and it's what got me into comics personally. You know, not not yeah. any of the movies. It was oh hey, you know I I, I like this well enough that I want to see more of it's, these characters. Yeah, just so. think if you never if you never watch Smallville, this podcast would just be me and Matt, and that doesn't sound so bad. Maybe yeah, Smallville. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's an all <laughs> thing. Smallville has to answer I, uh, for. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's a fixed point in time. Maybe it's, I'd have found something else that had got me into it. It's funny that the the you know when when I first started dating my wife, you know I was still watching Smallville, and it was in when Lana was just terrible, right? So the whole and, time, well, <laughs> like extra terrible. And I would yell at the TV, like, get her off my screen. So now anytime Kristen Crook shows up on anything, my wife will yell, get her off his TV as, as a callback. Oh, that's great. Um, mm. Of all that. Uh, still, though, Rosenbaum as, as, as Lex is still one of my all-time favorite. Oh, Lex Luthers. He is great. Um, what's his name? John Glover as Lionel. I thought he he's given us a, a worthy. Well, John Glo- he John, was kind of Lex. John Glover you know? is basically the yeah. best actor in the show, and there, there wasn't really it's, much competition. You know, Mom, Pa, Kent. I always felt they casted right. Yeah, you know, John yeah, Schneider. They were fine. And, they were fine. It's all the teen characters. They they cast people who couldn't act, and their scripts were terrible mishmashes of Monster of the Week episodes. It's not a good show. It's, it, it's I, not. I didn't mind the Monster of the Week stuff. I, it's I it's. So it's comparable to Riverdale, right? I don't feel good watching it, but I like it. You know, like there's yeah, there's a that. part of me that's, that's like I've I've watched the whole damn show. But, you know, I, well, I can't shit on it that much, even though like, it's terrible. Even say I, I put it up with like Arrow. I like there's some real bad Arrow. I stuff I there. enjoy Smallville more than Arrow. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. It. Anything like that's not Arrow that's come out from from you know CW. I would put up, you know, I put Smallville underneath those. So your Supergirls, your Legends, you know, uh, and all all of that. I I put those Smallville there, but it's better than Arrow. Even when Arrow was at its best, I still think I preferred. And I mean, it gave us, you know, like, like I got my Legion Superheroes episode when no one was doing that, you know? That's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah, made more magic thing. The red kryptonite. The... It's it's one of those things, you know, like DC. We we, we talk about legacy so much, and mm-hmm. you know, without that show, none of the current CW verse exists. No, without no. that, without Smallville, 
we do not have Bebo. Oh, I don't care. Uh, I, I hate this argument. I don't care why things uh, exist. Everyone always says, oh, Firefly wouldn't exist without Star Wars. I don't care. I still prefer it. <laughs> I'm not saying well, you can't fine, prefer it. You still have to pay I, I obviously I'm saying I prefer fair. Legends, but, you know. I'm saying, I don't like, have to I, pay I, I shit to no one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I just... And Erica Durant is my second favorite Lois after, you know, Terry Hatcher. She's a good so, one. So just get her back as Lois. This this Lois from this past season, she's, you know, made a strong push. Let's see if oh, she yeah. comes she, back with know, the hammer. Very short. It was a hammer, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. She had to build the hammer. So she, she was a good Lois. Um, but, yeah, Tom Welling. Tom Welling is – I do enjoy him. Here's a so, question: Did they did they squeeze in "Somebody Save Me Again" the 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 Remy yes, Zero song? Yes. And okay. there, you, when you see him, you'll have to hear. It might not be the song, but it'll be some version of it, you know. So, it's. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder yeah. if they do it slightly differently because obviously they had that in the last crossover. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I wonder if they do it just slightly differently. But yeah. Either way, I'm down for it. So, um, then you have Ralph showing up as an older Superman, which, you know, opens up. Is is the Richard Donner verse part of this? Is he? I no, you know, I, I think so. Yeah, uh, in 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 this sense of multiversal crisis, yeah, definitely. You've yeah. got you know, you've got bloody like you know Comroy's in there as as Bruce yeah. Wayne. Like, no, I know, but I'm just saying there. Like, yeah, no, is no. He gonna be, be, like be more Earth X Superman? You know, or, or just mm-hmm. open that because. Alden was wondering if we get some type of homage to Christopher Reeve, you know, in there, uh, or even Henry Cavill. Cavill definitely not. I feel no, that's not you imagine if Cavill just shows up complete with mustache. <laughs> you know, what, you know Hey, I am sure. I, 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 I don't want to get my hopes up, but I think there'd be something fun to do. I am shocked there's not been a mustache show yet. In fact, I, I'm going to make a bet right now and say that at some point, Brandon Ruth or Tom Welling is going to crack a joke about how they tried to have a mustache at one point, but it didn't work. Like, I hope I hope one of them just goes goes for it. Grow the mustache. Come out in the Superman suit yeah. with the mustache. It, Pull it off. Side tangent a bit, as, as we do. Pete, you know, uh-huh. earlier in the week had this, you know, popular, um, what was it? Unpopular take uh, you know popular take about the dceu mm. and whatnot and just uh i i dare say that i don't want them connected right now the movies but as long as they keep doing the tv shows and keep them connected that's where i'm getting my connected universe fix from from the screen you know whatever so as long as they keep mm. doing stuff like this i know arrow's going away right but it looks like supergirl's going for another couple and legends um, you know, maybe some spinoffs out of there. And I think that's okay. The Flash, you know. Yeah, they've already said they've they've got another one in the works. Like they're developing another DC show for probably next season. Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm sure Star Girl will play in some somewhere because you have the, you know, the multiverse as as it were. So if the movies just want to go, you know, Matt Reeves is a one off. Joker's a one off. Uh, hey, they're not actually, connected. That's a good point, actually. If, if we're going to get a cameo from any of the DC Universe shows, the, the crossover, you know, uh, Crisis is probably the time to like have a Titans cameo or have, you yeah. know, the Doom Patrol like be like just show up. I, I love the idea. Yeah, of, I want an animated little Teen Titans Go segment. Uh, just them yeah. just. Yeah. What I love, I love the idea of the Doom Patrol show up for a split second, have Robot and go, what the, f-? and then just have him like be like taken away by a portal. So the idea is that they tease the the, the F bomb that he always drops, but you obviously don't that, get here because be it's great. CW. Yeah. Um. 
that would, that would amuse me. Yeah. Uh, Just um, before we finish, we actually got the official press release about uh, Tynan now. Okay, uh, rapid background. Rapid background. Yeah, yeah, rapid background as to, to what is it? Um, uh, Tony Daniel is going to be the artist with him. Okay. Uh, not um, that. Or at least at first, um, but that, that's who they're telling. Um, he said, uh, Tynan saying, um, I want to dig deep into the Batman himself, tell an epic story that pushed him to his absolute limits. Uh, tell a Batman story like the kinds I grew up loving, one that embraces the horror and gothic elegance of Gotham and dives deep into Batman's greatest villains. I do like the use of the word horror in there. And yeah. gothic elegance. I'm there for this. I, yeah. He's he's around my age, so that means we grew up, grew up with the same version of Batman. Um, and, and I do like his Batman, you know? Yeah. Uh, so this... This sounds, you know, I always say this. It sounds like my my kind of thing, uh, just like White Knight is. And for those of you, I have someone grilling me on on Twitter right now. Why my hatred of Batman? Mostly, it's a joke. It does irritate me a little bit, <laughs> right? But there are aspects of Batman I like. Dick Grayson's one of my favorite characters, right? And Matt, I love to be with Matt, Batman. I know how it feels. Uh, there are people who take my hate yeah. of Star Wars and Lord of the Rings very seriously. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but as a Star Wars fan, I do take your hatred of Star Wars a bit. Like you're, you really mean most of what you're saying. I, on the con, the the inverse, you should say, or converse, whatever one. I dislike Batman in certain stories. I don't outright, you know, it, like if I really hated Batman, I'd be like Connor and just not read it, you know, <laughs> like, you know. But I, 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 it still goes. So. All right. Well, uh, I probably should have done this at the end of the the other section, but I do have to tell you what's coming next week. Mm-hmm. So we'll round out the yeah. show. We'll tell you what's coming. Uh, Quite a bit, if I recall. Yeah. So we got Action Comics one thousand fifteen. We got Batgirl thirty nine. Batman Beyond thirty six. Batman Curse of the White Knight issue three. We have Batman Superman issue two. We have uh, Books of Magic issue twelve is out for those of you following that stuff. We have Detective Comics 1012. We have Dial H for Hero, issue 7. We have The Flash, number 79. Freedom Fighters, issue 9. Harleen, issue 1. Still doing that one? Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't here for the last one, and I don't think I did issue 7. So I'm, I'm, I still haven't read it from last month. Okay. I gotta get caught up on that. So, yeah. But we have Harleen. That, yeah, Harleen. It's got a nice variant. Uh, well, that's the uh, right that's the Cedric one, right, Harleen? Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. So, so that's that's going to be pretty. Uh, we have Justice League Dark issue fifteen. We have Red Hood Outlaw thirty eight. Connor's favorite. Uh, we have Shazam number seven, which is officially coming out mm-hmm. next week. Whoa, baby! Uh, the Terrifics number twenty is out, and Wonder Woman seventy nine is also there uh, to round out the mm-hmm. the books. That leaves us with ten books, eleven if either of you are do, doing Terrifics. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't I, think I. Yeah, I, I think we're out. done. Yeah, I think okay, we're done. So yeah. We got ten books between us next week. Okay, so that's not healthy. too bad. No. Yeah, healthy, healthy oh, man. Cedric um, just outdoes himself. I know. Yeah, so, yeah I uh, put in the order in my shop, and I can't wait because I think it's a different sized one as well. Yeah, I don't think I'll get this physically. I don't know. Um, I am. I might have to. I might have to wait on it. I don't know. I'm getting it physically because when they did, I don't know if this is. I don't know what size it is. It's the same one as Batman Damned, yeah. but that widescreen format was horrible digitally. Like with the. Yeah. I, I just. I just it. It's it's an extra eight dollars. That's going to be hard to justify. It is. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to my 
you know, bookkeeper. Despite my misgivings uh, about reading Harley books, I will definitely be trying that. So. Well, uh, well, again, this is this is where I've, I've evolved to. If it's a creator tied to it that I enjoy, like Sejic, so far, I mean, I don't know about his writing style, but his art style definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll yeah. see. And I and I out of all the Harley books that they announced, when they announced this one, this was the one I was most drawn to. So, uh, just, just about what he says. But, so, oh man, Curse of the White Knight, Batman Superman, Batgirl, action. I, th- I think I have it's a reasonable week. guess at who's winning best art next week. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. I mean, someone could pull out uh, an hey, upset. Hey, hey, Murphy could put up a fight. We get an upset. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, someone like Brett Booth like, just comes in and like, hey, I can actually do art now. <laughs> I took a I took an art class over the summer. Hold hold your tongue, <laughs> sir. Hold your tongue, sir. <laughs> anyway, that's what's coming next week. Uh, so we got ten books. To, I've got nine of those myself. So busy, busy week. Uh, but you can look forward to our thoughts on those books next week. Uh, and by all means, uh, let us know what you thought of the books that we did this week in the comments or on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. Follow us on there. Um, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to us. Um, it helps us out a lot. It makes pe- more people find us. Spreads, you know, it shares the show out a little bit more. Uh, so give us a nice five star review and rating on there. Uh, you can, of course, as I mentioned earlier, go to patreon.com slash TV and support us financially for as little as $1 per month to ensure all the podcasts keep coming, including this one, and uh, feel warm and fuzzy. Mildly fuzzy, you might say. Uh, but uh, that is us. Uh, and, you know, that's per usual. You know, check out all the content we have. If you're inter- interested in movie review podcasts or whatever, there's a horror movie one called Screams After Midnight with myself and Tim. There's a sci-fi one called The Ace with myself and Tara. Me and Carl review a bunch of TV every week. Um... Yeah, maybe interesting some of this stuff. Uh, so go and have a look. But otherwise, uh, that is us. That's been episode 173 of Comics from the Multiverse. So we'll see you for 174 next week. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading comics, guys. And always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. And happy Batman Day. 